Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Health issues as Williams rolls out, makes one man miss, and Caleb Williams high steps his way into the end zone. 365 Sports is presented by IdealMRI.com. High-quality MRIs for $497 or less. IdealMRI.com. Your health is important, so is your budget. If you're too late. Take out his do-it-yourself kit and picks up the first down. 365 Sports is also brought to you by Texas Farm Bureau Insurance, protecting Texans since 1952. Word. Trying to get it done on his own. Needs some help. Needs a lot wow. of help. There's Watson. Oh, my God. Now, does he have room? Nakia, he's got it. Have you subscribed to our YouTube channel? Search 365 Sports on YouTube. Brought to you by TFNB, your bank for life. That's Cobbs in motion. It's Tonga Bailoa circling out of the pocket again and sprinting down the sideline. He's got Monk in front of him and a touchdown. 365 Sports is turbocharged by Unite Private Networks. Find out more at UnitePrivateNetworks.com. We want to have the focus on football today. We have an incredibly good football story to tell, and we want that to be the focus today. Now here's David Smoke and Paul Catalina. All right, stick your head at a tank of gasoline and light it with a match because we've got a lot to get to, even different than perhaps yesterday. More momentum on the fact the Big 12 could get bigger, uh, the Pac-12 could get smaller, and then, of course, there's all of whatever else out there with what the Big 10 might be thinking about, if true. And, of course, there's Florida State that kind of finds themselves, at least for today, on an island with yesterday and what they had to say as they try to find what they want. Everyone should do what's best for them, right? Well, here's the deal. There is a Board of Regents meeting. Tonight, Arizona will have a Board of Regents meeting for both Arizona and Arizona State. And, and then also, look at A, the, the last part of A. Both University President Michael Crow from ASU and University of Arizona President Robert Robbins. And then you can read all the rest 
And that is tonight. Uh, uh, I think it's like about the time we go off the air, a little bit after that. And so that is something that we kind of saw come yesterday evening. You could feel it coming, right? You could feel it coming. And then let's just rattle down. Paul Catalina with me. We can go back and forth here, Paul. We have Brett McMurphy today, 315, Jason Shear, 330. And then also today at four, uh, 345, Michael Lev, who covers uh, Arizona for the Arizona uh, Daily Star. Also, Taylor McCarrick, ESPN. Tim Brando, Fox Sports. Nick Olson, who covers Iowa State on the quarterback issue with Deckers out and Paul's top five. Here we go. Garrett, you just go as you have them. This one here is from Chris Carpman. Remember, he joined us yesterday, was very emphatic. In fact, today he said it's 87% and he's conservative on Arizona State and the Big 12. This is it. Expect the Big 12 to meet privately, vote publicly as soon as Friday. ASU and Arizona are very close to exiting the PAC whatever. It is the PAC whatever because you don't know. If they leave, it'll be the PAC 7. And we haven't, you know, heard as much about Utah yet, although there's, you know, things about Utah out there. Um, We've heard a lot about Oregon and Washington, and uh, we'll have Brett McMurphy talking about that in just a second. And so it's it's down to brass tacks now for the pack, and has been for about two weeks now, where it's no longer, well, what is, what is, what is, what is. What if, what if, what if, what if, what if this happens? What if that happens? No, you know, and now decisions are being made by universities. I am, I'm going to go back to, to Michael Crow in Arizona State. Man, you, it's, it should be a life lesson for you. Digging your heels in on something that you don't absolutely know to be true. Like, if you want to argue with me, if you're a flat earth truther, truther and want to argue with me about the earth being round, I'm confident digging my heels in the earth being round. There's m- plenty of evidence that, that supports me. Can you prove that. that? I can absolutely okay. prove it. Right. I can absolutely prove that. All right. But if, I'm, if you're going to try to drill me down and tell me that the Pac-12 is going to live forever, like, no, I'm not going to die on that hill. I, there and, were times I didn't want to die on that hill when it came to the Big 12. No, because I, like, people would ask, gases. and you're like, I really don't know. Yep. Oh, no. All right. So before you get to the next one, Garrett, I spoke back and forth. Dennis Dodd, CBS Sports, will join us tomorrow. So will Baylor president and also the, the, the head of the executive committee of the Big 12 and Dr. Linda Livingstone, who said that he thinks at the time that Brett Yormark was still holding at wanting just 14. Could that have been a negotiating ploy? Could that be what he wanted? Was that because he's not sure if they could get 15 or 16? or just making sure they don't grow too fast, although things can change. Also, from Brandon Marcello, speaking of Arizona State, the tenor changed at ASU in a matter of four hours. I was listening, by the way, to Brandon, uh, James Crepia, and also Jason Shear and others on a, what is that called, Garrett, the the Twitter? Uh, what is that, Spots? Or spaces. Spaces, yeah. Spaces. Twitter, uh, we just, I lost, okay, Twitter Spaces. I listened to them for like 15 or 20 minutes. The tenor changed Wednesday. Arizona President Crow was content with the Pac-12 Apple deal. By 2 o'clock, talk changed. Board meeting was being discussed for Thursday. The undercurrent steering ships board wants Arizona and Arizona State to stick together. Now, yeah, that's not a surprise. No, not at all. That doesn't mean they can't go their separate ways like they can. And then this one about an hour ago, this is the one that to me 
kind of summarizes the last year, 13 months in the Pac-12. Brett McMurphy, who will join us momentarily, Apple's primary media rights deal with the Pac-12 expires at the end of the week. Remember, they had the meeting, it was on August 1st, Tuesday. And so teams or programs or universities and presidents and ADs and whatever, they have four days. So I don't know how long that had been in front of George Klyovkov or the Pac-12, but this, this one here made me like, what the blank? If, in fact, expires at the end of the week? And who knows, maybe you think everybody in the Pac-12 knew that? I would think so. If they didn't, then that's even more of the... Uh, I don't know what you call it. Incompetence. Well, end of the week. I also think that the the Pac-12 failed to realize that when the NFL and Apple deal didn't work out, it's because Apple was not willing to make some of the allowances and the NFL didn't want to deal with it. So you can say it's mutual all you want, but Apple didn't get the NFL deal they wanted, so they moved on. And... What the deal they wanted was, was they wanted to buy the whole NFL Sunday ticket and for at least a little while, make it something that you got anyway when you subscribe to Apple TV Plus, which would have been awesome because I already subscribed to that and it would have saved me so much money. But that didn't happen because the NFL had some other contractual entanglements and Apple said, all right, well... We don't want it that way, if that's the case. We don't want to put it at that price point. And then Google, YouTube came along and said, we do. And the NFL got that deal, which worked out for the NFL. Apple's not going to, they're not walking around going, oh, no, we're so broke now, the NFL. They're just moving on. So if they can do that with the NFL and get down the road with them almost to the end and decide to walk away, they don't care about you that much. No, they don't, and they don't have to have you. If they want you, they'll get you because they'll just basically just, you know, overwhelm you with it. Now, a couple of other notes. So um, I, I was told earlier today by a couple of different people that are in athletics, and you may, okay, who at Baylor told you this? That, that's, don't, don't, don't think that way. But that Arizona has basically had their foot out the door since Tuesday, if not earlier. But they have spent the last 48 hours or so trying to maybe smooth things out. And also, Arizona State, listen, there, you know that game, musical chairs or whatever? And there's a chair open. One. There could be three, but it might be one. And so you, I don't even know who maybe Arizona State even thought about, well, maybe we should go ahead of Arizona in, in line. But Arizona has been pretty much out the door, not as quickly as Colorado. So the question still remains, is it a 14, 16, what number will the big whatever number is going to be called now be? Create the perception, it was what your mark was able to do, that there's one seat left. Create that perception. And I don't know if that's perception. I think that's reality. There was at least one seat, but at least there's one seat. But if he filled, all he needed to do was fill that one, and then they were fine. Yes. Honestly. So he, all he had to do was fill that one. But if he created interest to add another two, then he doesn't have to theoretically go to Fox and go, hey, what if we were to get number two more? Yep. What if Arizona State and Utah want to come? Will you budge on that now? As opposed to going, because now he can go to them if the, if 
Arizona State and Utah are, are really in, or even if Arizona State's in, if Utah didn't want to do it for whatever reason, which at this point, that I cannot fathom why, but if Arizona State wants to come with Arizona, that makes it 15, then he can go and be like, look, we want Arizona State locked and loaded, ready to go. We'd love to have them. What do you think about that? And I think that probably works out a little bit better because they go, oh, Phoenix? You mean that? Yes, the we're whole, fine with the, the whole pot. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're fine with you know, having... Which is one of the fastest yeah. growing cities over the last, what, 20 years or so. Yeah. So, one, create a perception there was one seat left, and there is still today, right now. Also, ESPN's going to match it. Remember the 20 million or so for whoever joins. Uh, not up to like 50, but they, they would do that. And then they'll try to figure out the other money they give to anybody partially. 20 million up to 25 or maybe 31.7. And then also... The, the Power Five, there's five of them, right? And we know there's two of them that are going to be around forever, Big Ten and also the SEC, and there's that strength of trying to be that third. And everyone can argue all they want about who's third. The ACC is still very much in play, despite some of the drama they have. And then so try to maybe by getting to third, it's not like you wanted to fire a grenade into the Pac-12 house. They may have done that themselves, but quite frankly, if you don't, maybe they do, or they could have, remember, a couple of years ago, even a few years ago, and they did okay. not. Here's, the kill shot came from within, by the way. Yes, absolutely. The, the, the pack did this to themselves. Bottom line, they did this to themselves. There were certainly outside factors, but the outside factors only become enemies or led into the gates by your weaknesses. Had you not made the decisions you made, then USC and UCLA are still in your league. Right. Had you not done that, then you don't have to worry about the Big Ten. You know, and um, look, had Texas, and, and this is true for the Big 12 too, had Texas and Oklahoma been open to expansion, you know, 10 years ago, like legitimate expansion, not let's keep this conference together because the Pac-12 told us no because they don't like the Longhorn Network expansion. If they'd have been open to legitimate expansion then – then the SEC coming to get Texas and Oklahoma is probably never really a thing that happens because it's, you know, like Texas and Oklahoma are happy. They're in a big league. The television money's good. It's probably going up because you've, you've done what you can. But, no, I mean, that you didn't do what you could when you could, when you could have, and um, it's now over. By the way, there was a, a – no, I'm not going to get to that right now. There's too much else going on. I'll get to that maybe today or tomorrow. Here is a quote from Bob Thompson in a text to me. I, I sent him a text yesterday. I said, it, this looks like the dam is breaking. He said to me in a text back, Bob Thompson, former Fox Sports executive, probably the most bizarre day of realignment since 2010. Absolutely incredible. And this was after we had Bob on the show, remember, on Tuesday. And a lot has changed even since then. Finally, how was the Big 12 looking at teams in the Pac-12? Not that they did not want Washington and or Oregon if that was a possibility or others. But this is what I was told. So there were three tiers the Big 12 put together. And if you're not on the tier, don't, like if you're a fan base of Oregon State or Washington State, don't, because listen, there are teams in the Big 12 that were on other teams, were not on other teams' tier. Tier one, Washington, Oregon, and also the University of Arizona. That would be tier one. So if they wanted to go, like, this is who we want to look at, those would be the ones you would think what they want to go to. Washington, Oregon, 
and Arizona. Tier two, Colorado and Arizona State. Tier three, Utah and Stanford. And, of course, Stanford eventually, that was never going to happen, but at least it's there. Arizona State apparently was a part of any of the various four-team scenarios at some point, and now tonight we might even know more about that. Brett McMurphy, Action uh, H, Action Network HQ. He's been all over this from day one. He was on last week with Paul and Craig. Brett, thank you so much. Let's start with your story. I know Oregon and Washington are another thing, but that is it really true that they have until the end of this week to, to say yes or no to the Apple offer Pac-12? What kind of question is that? Is it really true? Come on, man. All this right. will be a short interview. <laughs> Brett, I, 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 I'm actually saying that like in jest, that they waited until okay. the last week to, to give everybody the figures and it, like with less than a week on the deadline to say yes. Uh, well, or you could look at it that the Pac-12 decided to wait to, to accept it now and then the Pac- and maybe Apple got, again, I don't know that, the ins and outs of, the, of how the how the deadline occurred. It could have been that Apple had been trying to get the Pac-12 to do this for a while, and the Pac-12 kept putting it off. And so then when the Pac-12 finally, you know, accepted it or was going to present it in, uh, in front of its board, then at that point Apple may have said, okay, now you've got a week. So I, I honestly can't tell you how, if it's, the Pac-12 would have uh, taken this before their board last month if they still went out a week, or would they have get, been given more time to make that decision? So Arizona's always been at least open to the idea, it seems. I mean, while not, they're not publicly, they've, they've always kind of, when public statements made it seem like, look, this is what we hope to get from the TV deal. If we don't get this from the TV deal, then we investigate our options. Is where Arizona State was always... We're a Pac-12 school, Pac-12 to the end, Pac-12, Pac-12, nothing's going to be wrong. Why Why do you think Arizona State dug so down strongly in that hole, and how much of a reality check was this media deal in the last week to Michael Crow and the, and the members of, of the Arizona State, you know, upper crust, I guess? Well, I think, I think pretty much all the Pac-12 members, you know, if they if they could, I think they would prefer to stay in the Pac-12. If they had a meteorite deal that is, you know, within shouting distance of the Big 12 and the ACC, I think that's their prerogative. It makes sense. You're with schools you've been aligned with for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Um, you're on the West Coast. They do value academics. That's a big deal to their president. Um, and so I think that's why they were sticking around. And it's funny you mentioned specifically Arizona State. I had somebody at Arizona State tell me, uh, it was not uh, the athletic director, by the way. But somebody at Arizona State told me um, recently that, you know, at what what point do you try to help the Pac-12 stick together and keep them together and move forward in the Pac-12? Because, again, Smokey, as you know, this is not the Pac-12 they signed up for. No. There's no USC, there's no UCLA, and everyone can, you know, diminish the loss of Colorado, but it's still the Denver market. So now you've lost three, you've lost a quarter of your membership. It's not the same Pac-12. So do you fight to save that when it's not what you signed up for? Or do you, option B, which I was told, is basically say, hey, we got to look out what's best for our university. We got to look at what's best for, for this school, for the, this athletic department. Not, not just, again, I think a lot of people get 
so in the moment. This isn't a two or three year deal. This isn't a six year deal. This is a 20 year decision. Um, and so I think most people, you know, like you and I and others that, that have followed this pretty closely, if you just look down the road a little bit, you realize the Pac-12 is only going to stay alive as long as the big, big 10 doesn't come in and grab somebody or until some big 12 schools grab some teams from the Pac-12. And so it's not when, it's just if. And so I think that's maybe why um, Arizona State, you know, recently seems to be coming around to accepting the fact, hey, we may need to look somewhere else. But um, I totally understand why, you know, all the schools, you know, have been very, um, you know, at least um, at the outset optimistic of trying to stick together. But then when they finally got the numbers back and, you know, as I reported, they were in the, they're in the low 20s. Um, you know, that's, that's a pretty, pretty big jump. And then, you know, with the incentives for more subscriptions with Apple, with Apple, Hey, that's great. But you know what? It's not great at, it's not great at budgeting your, your revenue for the next five years. You can, you can bottom the baseline or you can budget the baseline of that, but you have no indication how much above that number you will go. So that's, as I was told, that's very challenging for athletic departments to do, not knowing like the big 12 knows. 31.7 31.7 from 2025 to 2031, you pencil that in, and then you move on to figuring out other things. Brett, so Oregon and Washington, uh, they're, it, obviously the Big Ten is apparently looking at at least the option of expanding, whether that's because they see an injured animal or not in the Pac-12. They're the ones that probably uh, – uh, ones that took the first shot with USC and UCLA. You have told me, you and I earlier today, that – that Washington and Oregon has that they've already been vetted. Is that right by the Big Ten? <laughs> yeah, I'd actually I had forgotten this, but back in back in August, last August, 13, 12, 13 months ago, losing track of time here. Um, yeah, so last August I had reported that Oregon officials met with Big Ten officials in Chicago. Washington officials met with Big Ten officials in New York. Um, then Commissioner Kevin Warren and none of the none of the ads were present. This was simply the lawyers, general counsel, and money people sitting down and going over all the financials and making sure, from the Big Ten perspective, that Oregon and Washington checked all the boxes that they wanted: academics, financials, laundry list of things. I was told after sometime after those meetings meetings that they were quote, vetted and cleared to join the Big Ten if, and this is a big if, if it made sense financially with the Big Ten adding um, adding them to the conference as far as their network partners were concerned. Well, I didn't realize <laughs> that I had not reported the vetted and cleared thing. I thought I had. I reported the meetings in Chicago and, and New York until I guess I did your show uh, a couple of months ago and you asked me about it, and I said, oh, yeah, they've been vetted and cleared. And then I looked, and there's all this, all these references to your show and my quote. And I'm like, oh, wow, I guess I didn't ever put that on my Action Network uh, site. So uh, faux pas by me. But, yeah, this is not, you know, what's been reported today about what Big Ten presidents have authorized and all that. Dude, this is old news. This happened last year. They know everything. I was told by somebody from the Big Ten today. We know everything there is to know about both schools. Now it's just a matter of fact, can we make out the financials with Fox, CBS, and NBC? And also, I know this will sound weird, 
the Big Ten doesn't want to be viewed as the villain. They don't want, as I've reported, the Pac-12's, quote, blood on their hands, which is ironic because they're the ones that basically started this whole mess. And if you're a fan of Monty Python, uh, I respect you even more. If you're not, I'm disappointed. But it's like the Monty Python movie where he cuts off his arm and says, well, it's just a flesh wound. That's what the Pac-12 did with the Big Ten. And now it's to the point where, you know, will the, will the Pac-12 have any arms and legs and just be sitting? Uh, that's a great analogy, Brett. That, yeah, only a flesh wound. It'll be fine. And then the Big Ten, the, the Big Ten pretending like they, like they don't have anything to do with this is like, no, they, you yeah, totally you, do. You started, you started the fire. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. What did you say yesterday, Paul? Brett, listen to this analogy. Somebody's thrown off the building. They hit the concrete oh, yeah. and die and people want to blame the concrete. Is that right? Like, like that's, that's the analogy you used yesterday, Paul, right? Yeah. Brett pretty, McMurphy, pretty much, yeah. yeah, Action Network HQ with us today on 365 Sports. So, how do you think the the Big Ten thing obviously would move slower than the than any of these Big Twelve um, um, situations? I don't think they're going to move until until we see a resolution with with Arizona and or Arizona State. Um, again, they they know everything they need to know. If Arizona and or Arizona State make the jump, I think it would be fairly quickly um, if the Big Ten wants to make the move, that they would make the move. I mean, there, there's, they've got all the information they need. It's just, you know, figuring everything out with the TV partners. And again, if it makes sense, I was told, no surprise here, Oregon and Washington would come in at a reduced share. Well, guess what? A reduced Big Ten share is still going to be more than what you would have gotten in the Pac-12. What about Stanford and Cal in that scenario? Do they have to just sit and wait and hope that the the Big Ten goes to twenty? Yeah, they're kind of in a in a kind of weird position. Obviously, the the Big Ten loves their academic standings. Obviously, I mean Stanford. Yeah, their football team has struggled in in recent times, but you know they have been solid in football. And oh, by the way, I think it's twenty five of the last twenty six, twenty five of the last twenty seven years. They have had the best all-around athletic department in the country, not mm-hmm. even close. But I know this is football-driven. So that's where it gets kind of tricky. Um, I spoke with some people today. They said Stanford and Cal have not been um, past the, uh, the smell test, if you will, like Oregon and Washington have. Um, it doesn't mean they won't eventually get to that point. But, yeah, they're kind of in, a, um, they're kind of in flux right now. And also for the Big Ten, you know, if, if Arizona and or Arizona State go to the Big 12, <clears throat> Big Ten comes in with Oregon or Washington, the Big Ten's got to decide, do we want to stay at 18 or do we, want to, do we want to bring in two more on the western flank or do we want to sit back for a little bit and see if anybody's going to climb over the wall in the ACC? Certainly you guys saw the, the Board of Trustees meeting at Florida State yesterday. When basically they said, you know, it's not if we're going to leave, but when and how. The question is, will Florida State leave before August 15th, which would allow them to get out for the 2024 season if, in all capital letters, if they can negotiate their way out of a what would be a 12-year grant of rights deal, which no one has ever, ever done before. It's one thing for OU and Texas to get out with a year early. You reach a settlement. Everybody's everybody's good to go, shake hands, congrats, go on your way. 
12 years is totally different. I don't think the ACC would simply say, write us a check and you're gone. I think they would fight it because they know if Florida State jumps the wall and gets out, that Clemson, Miami, North Carolina, you know, it could be quicker to list the schools that don't try to get out actually um, than others because they, they're looking at the greener pastures of, of the Big Ten and ACC. Um, real quick, your analogy of, you know, it's, it's the concrete fall. It's the concrete fault for causing the death. My analogy for the ACC grant of rights, which goes another 13 years, is the late great philosopher Meatloaf in his song Paradise by the Dashboard Light. I swear I'll love you till the end of time, and now I'm praying for the end of time. That's what the <laughs> ACC schools are doing. They are praying for the end of the grant of rights so they can move on to the to the BIG or the SEC. Yeah, I, I, look, Brad is a Florida State alum uh, and a person who hosts a college football talk show. Uh, my text messages were exploding with my buddies from college last night going, how is this going to happen? How are they going to get out? Like, are we going to be in the SEC? And I said, I don't know. I, their plan right now seems to be be really loud and mad about it and work out the rest on the back end. I'm not like, they're the most confusing realignment issue i think maybe ever. no they're not the pac-12 is well the pac-12 well, pretty... now, yeah san diego state yeah oh yeah florida state yeah boy florida state are running neck and neck although florida state's got the money san diego state never did um yeah i mean and i've i've had you know a lot of people reach out and i agree with the the, the sentiment most people have, have that i've talked to within in, industries that they hate that this is happening in college athletics i agree absolutely i cover it i've you know fortunate to break a lot of stuff involving realignment but i don't i don't like what it does to college athletics and look you know you can rip florida state for what they're doing all florida state's doing is they're being public with what's going on behind the scenes with a number of other schools they just they've aired their laundry out for everyone to see um so the other thing is you know florida state can scream as loud as they want there's nothing really the acc can do ESPN is not going to give them, a, you know, double their media rights because Florida State's threatening to leave. They simply are stuck in that deal. You can change the revenue sharing. You know, it's like Smokey. I say, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to give you an extra ten percent. You know, and then you have a job offer that's going to triple your salary. You're going to be, ah, you know what? I, let me see. I got a ten percent raise, or I can triple my salary. Yep. Hasta la vista. And that's basically how it is with. Last thing, Brett, there's a writer who covers Washington making this comment a minute ago uh, that the Board of Regents at the University of Washington have scheduled a special meeting for tonight, um, 9 o'clock. I'm sure that's Pacific Coast time. The meeting will include an executive session, though I'm told no action will be taken. Is that the next door opened as far as what they're going to be talking about, or is that maybe a little bit too soon? Um, again, I don't have any inside information on that. I would speculate based on the actions of Colorado and Arizona, Arizona State, that that is a discussion about future conference alignment. And is that to accept the Pac-12 deal? Is that to consider uh, taking a lesser share to the, to the Big Ten? And again, you know, all these schools are different, you know, state by state and their own university systems. Some of these schools can just make the move and just say, hey, we're out of here. Other ones have to go through the process of going before the Board of Regents, having a public vote, going through executive uh, session and all that stuff. So, um, you know, I don't know, but, um, you know, this uh, 
maybe this is the finale for uh, for Pac-12 after dark because that'll be that'll be midnight Eastern time. So what to see? Thank you, Brett. Great stuff, and I know it's not done, but you have been amazing with it. We appreciate your time. You've given us a lot of it. Thank you for your time, Brett McMurphy, Action Network HQ. We're going rapid fire here in this opening hour. Obviously, the Arizona meeting, that's not till tonight, uh, but Arizona and Arizona State, both their presidents, in fact, will be involved in that. We'll hear from Jason Shear here in a moment. I heard him again on uh, the Twitter show that I was listening to earlier today, or X, whatever you want to call it. And then also Michael Lev, who, hey, Garrett, do you have that graphic of the two divisions he put up about a a year ago? He's going to join us. This was from a year ago when he put up the Big 12 East and the Big 12 West and all the schools that would join from the Pac-12 that might be happening as we speak. He's going to join us here in 15 minutes. But Jason Shear, Wildcat Authority. Jason, are we on the doorstep of what's about to happen with Arizona? And will it include Arizona State? Yeah, we are. Uh, we're about as close as you can get. Now, things can always fall apart. I always preface this by saying you never know with the realignment. Um, but tonight's the night. I think that the major step gets taken of going to the border region, saying what you're going to do. And, uh, and kind of planning how you're going to roll it out, the message and the discussion will, will all take place tonight. So how quickly did Arizona State pivot to we need a new plan after they saw that TV deal? Uh, you know, it, it was not right away, which is, which is pretty crazy. Um, the school president basically – had an epiphany on, on Tuesday night. The people around him were saying it was not a good deal. It's not a good deal. Tuesday night is when he started to have second thoughts. And then from there yesterday, from what I understand, it was a full on, okay, we need to join the big 12. And they had a conversation, uh, a lengthy conversation with your Mark and his team on the phone yesterday. Um, and it kind of had an awakening that this is pretty much the only move uh, that they can make right now. Wasn't you? If you look at the teams that look like they might be in order with Colorado and Arizona, let's say them one and one A, one A, one A, one A, one B. How difficult would this have been? Because wasn't Crow like dug his heels in that they weren't leaving? Yeah, I mean Crow has been one of the biggest Pac-12 supporters. This guy was like close with Larry Scott to the bitter end. Like when everybody knew that Larry Scott wasn't good enough. Uh, Crow was right by his side, basically defending him. And he is a, a Pac-12 guy. He does not value athletics as much as, you know, Robbins does, for instance, at Arizona. Um, there's other presidents like Crow, but he, he doesn't value athletics as much as some of the other guys. And he was pretty dug in. I mean, I, I honestly think that there was a point where ASU would have been willing to accept a bad deal just to stay in the Pac-12 and, and keep the conference together. The the thing that just became obvious was that it, it was a not a good deal at all and that the brand of ASU would be hurt by the lack of visibility. And then you have Oregon and Washington who are looking out for their own interests, and uh, it became obvious that ASU had to do what's best for ASU. Jason, what about the report? Brett McMurphy was just on with us about that Apple had given the Pac-12 until the end of this week on the media deal. They didn't get the final numbers or whatever it was until Tuesday. Now, maybe some knew, knew it. But is that just like a summary or an example of how this has been so much a cluster blank? Yeah, I mean, look, this is how Apple works. 
I mean, and, and I said this, you know, Apple was deep in negotiations with the NFL and then basically just got up and, and walked away. I mean, from the NFL. <laughs> like, so, uh, you know, this is the Pac-12. It is very believable that they said, look, we made our offer. You're either going to take it and you, or leave it. And if you leave it, we're going to go look elsewhere. And now with the Big Ten, you got to wonder, like, I wonder if Apple would even accept the deal today because they might say to themselves, you know what? Let's get in and try to maybe get some of the Big Ten action because they're going to need another outlet because of the amount of teams that they have. Maybe we'll make a run at that. And so it is very believable um, that Apple gave a deadline. It'll very clearly not be met. And, it, it, you know, if it's not met and the Pac-12 went back to, you know, let's say the, the realignment wasn't happening and the Pac-12 went back to Apple next week, uh, you know, I, it is not a guarantee that Apple would even listen. This is just how they deal. They're notoriously difficult to deal with, and it, it's kind of their way or nothing. And they want it all, and they want the things on their terms. And um, it's an indication of kind of how strong, I don't want to say strong along, but the Pac-12 basically has very little say in the future of their conference. Robbins was on record as trying to, you know, hoping, like everybody was, that it would work out for the Pac-12. But we need to see the numbers. We need to see the numbers. And he was very adamant about streaming not being the majority of it. Uh, Is there anything else that may have even made this an easier decision for him? Yeah, from what what I was told by a a very good source, the money wasn't awful. Uh, It was the visibility. You know, the the visibility – and the, it's not saying the money was good. You know, maybe Robin considers it if you're getting $30 million a year, you know, and the incentives are realistic. Maybe he considers that, but he has been adamant. I mean, he is on record of saying even 50% streaming would be too much. And so, you know, maybe if the money total was higher, he would, he would have gone back on that a little bit. But for $24 million and mostly streaming, there was no way that Robin uh, was going to agree to it on his own terms. So, Jason, do you do you expect this meeting to be pretty quick like the Colorado meeting, or do you think that it'll drag out a little bit tonight? I think it'll drag out a little bit. Uh, I, I think that, you know, it's scheduled to go it's scheduled to go an hour and a half. Uh, I hope it doesn't go an hour and a half because that's going to be a very long hour and a half. Um, but, I, you know, I, I think they're going to – the Arizona Board of Regents is going to hear from both school presidents. Um, it's a different situation. Colorado was just Colorado. You know, this is in the Arizona border region, they overlook ASU, Arizona, and NAU. And so even though NAU isn't involved in this, they, they have to listen. Um, there's a whole hierarchy. I mean, there, it, is, it is a kind of a complicated board. Um, it's not the most powerful board necessarily, but it, it, it's got certain layers to it. So I, I think what we'll, what we'll see tonight is, is a long meeting where they explain the reasoning. And the biggest thing is, um, you know, they want to make sure this is unanimous. They want to make sure, you know, e- even if it's not unanimous, it appears unanimous, and they want to get the messaging straight and all that. So if someone disagrees or, you know, because e- even, you know, when Colorado had their board meeting to explain it, one of the, the board members straight up said, I'm not a big fan of this move, but I'm still voting yes. And, and so they want to make sure that it's unanimous and all the board members are, are you know, okay and, and have the right messaging and all that. What would it take for everything to put the brakes on this would it be a political thing is there any way you think tonight and i know you and and you're right you never know with realignment is there anything that could put the brakes on this for one or both of these universities 
The only thing I think that would stop this process is if Michael Crow goes back to where he was 72 hours ago and gets cold feet. And look, is it possible? You know, is, is it likely? No. Is it possible? Absolutely. Um, I would be surprised, but, you know, Michael Crow would, might say to everyone, you know what, never mind. Uh, I'm not doing this. Now, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I believe, you know, based on what I've heard, that they have a verbal agreement with the Big 12. Um, but that would be the thing that would hold up this entire process. It won't come from Arizona. It, it'll come from Arizona, it'll come from Arizona State, or maybe if Utah puts a wrench into things somehow. But Arizona's all in right now. So has Crow, has Robbins, in your opinion, have they talked to your mark in the last few hours or at least from yesterday evening to now? Uh, yes. I, I know that ASU has. Um, Arizona might have just already been in. I know that Arizona met with your mark in the past 48 hours. Uh, yesterday's such a blur, but I, be- <laughs> I believe it was <laughs> Tuesday that Arizona met with your mark. And I know that, um, I don't know if it was in person, but I know that your mark and ASU spoke at length yesterday. Uh, I don't know if there's been any contact today, um, but I know that, that there's been a, a significant amount of contact um, since Monday night in that Pac-12 meeting. Jason, this is uh, this has kind of been building, and you have been in front of it. You have not fallen for a lot of the sources or the narrative. And obviously, I know you've discussed this and you've put out receipts about those who threw grenades in your backyard. But um, again, until it's official, it's not official. But your thoughts about uh, you've grinded through this, young man. You really have. And you kind of were on an island for a long, long time. And is it interesting, kind of almost not emotional because you can't get that way, but maybe you can, that it's this close because for so long, for almost a year, people thought you were not very good at what you did. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because yesterday was my birthday and I had been home home working. I had been home working all day and my wife finally said, you know, we're, we're going to dinner. And I get in the car and I'm completely serious, within five minutes, the, the Arizona border regions post their meeting and <laughs> my wife goes, wow. well, I guess this is it. And we're at a red light. And I just shook my head. I was like, you know, and she's like, what's up? And I was like, you know, it's, it's like, it's very similar to coaching searches. It takes a lot out of you. Mm-hmm. Well, re- reporting and following this stuff. I mean, it is a 24 seven phone by your head type of deal. And I have two kids starting school next week and it, it's a lot. And so for it to finally be coming to a close, it's kind of like, you know, it, it, it's nice. And a lot of people, you guys especially, have been super nice about the whole process. And um, I can't thank you guys enough and really anyone that, you know, I started this, as, you know, a lot of people, Big 12 fans, didn't know of me very well, obviously. Um, but everyone's been super kind. And it's been uh, it's been a, a lot of fun to cover. And it's kind of nice seeing the, the light at the end of the tunnel now. All right. So the meeting's tonight, hour and a half, seven hours, whatever they decide to do. Will they release anything tonight? There will be a leak, I'm sure, but when will we know? Will it be tomorrow, or how does that work? I was told the goal is to have everything rolled out tomorrow. Um, I, you know, again, you never know with bureaucracy and all that, but I, I was told to the, yesterday, actually, that the goal was Friday to have everything announced, and the Big 12 wants to announce multiple schools at once. Uh, I don't know. That, that could include Utah. I, I'm not sure. Utah may be next week. There's rumors of a Utah board meeting that could take place as soon as tonight. Uh, but I do believe that we will hear an, an announcement from the Arizona schools tomorrow. Jason, thank you. Everyone in the chat, by the way, uh, recognizing the, the work you put into it. It's not done because you never know. There is Hail Marys. 
uh, and uh, and maybe there's still one or two of them out there. But thanks for your time. Good luck with it covering the night. We'll be in touch and have a great night. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. You too. Jason Shear, 247, wildcatauthority.com. You know, I never heard of him. Like a lot of you had never heard of us. And, and then the USC-UCLA story popped, and we started getting everybody we could that was a part of the Pac-12 on their reaction to it. And it wasn't because of USC-UCLA affecting the Big 12 at the time. It was just that's the biggest story in but, college football, like it might be as soon as this ever ends of straight to what happens with the ACC, Florida State, and everybody else. But, and we, we really do need to take at least one break in this hour. But I, I, I think that Jason was one of the first Pac-12 journalists to just look at it totally objectively. Yeah. And I don't think he got credit for that. He was not looking at that as – he never once did I think that I feel like he was, you know, advocating for the Pac-12, right, or advocating for the Big 12 and saying that this is what Arizona should do. He – straight up and down was just asking the questions of practically where does this go and that's that's why i think he's been such an asset to our show when we've had him on mm-hmm. and to 24 7 just because he's not ever been passionate one way or the other he's just asking the questions he's that not to be asked he's not using and again, there are some that do, and there's people in the bit that he was not just using the same source and was not always falling for the same narrative from whoever was a source for others, not that others haven't been doing their job too. When we come back, Michael Lev, Arizona Daily Star, his perspective on this, and this is 365 Sports. Don't go away. We've got a lot to get to. Tim Brando today at 5 and much more. 365 Sports with Paul Catalina, and I'm David Smoke. Craig Smoke back on Monday. Stonewood Dental, Robinson, Texas, Dr. Steve Childress. You know what I realized the other day? Um, I haven't had to kind of like do this or kind of like with my tongue trying to find that like there's a crack in my tooth or there's a gap or there's something in it. I haven't done that. I can't remember when. And, you know, I used to always like drive around in my car. I'd have like a little like a Ziploc baggie of some of the little things in between your teeth, whether it's the the floss or whatever you use, those get these sticks now. I haven't done that in a long time because Dr. Steve Childress has helped me understand not just dental hygiene, that's, you know, brush your teeth, floss your teeth, but a lot of things. And I have played catch up because I, I knew I had gotten behind with my dental work and then the last thing you want to do is go back to the dentist because, man, you got to get a shot in your jaw or whatever. I just went through the process. I had to do it or it'd be worse. And I still have work to do. But, man, has he done an incredible job, Dr. Steve Childress and his staff at Stonewood Dental, in helping me not just play catch-up but get ahead of schedule in some ways, too. I still have work to do. But it made me think. I always had something stuck somewhere in one of my teeth, between the teeth, because it was just, you know, they weren't in great shape. I've had teeth pulled. I've had implants. I've had crowns. I've had pain, but not because of him, but because of self-inflicted. I didn't take care of my dental work, and now I do. Dr. Steve Childress and his staff are truly amazing in Robinson, Texas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. The Make This the Summer sales event is going on now at Allen Samuels. Get amazing deals on new Ram trucks, cheap SUVs, Chrysler minivans, or a sporty Dodge. Shop online or visit us today at Allen Samuels in Waco. Come by. Let's be friends. The future's bright. The time is now. College is what you make it. It's a late-night pizza run and all-nighters coding a new project. It's having big dreams and making them a reality. It's a professor who knows your name and your story. It's preparation for your future, your calling, your life. And at Baylor, it's even more. Baylor, where lights shine bright. One size fits all. That may be all right for an adjustable belt or cheap sunglasses, but when it comes to your financial needs, no one wants a one-size-fits-all strategy. Ben Erlinson, your Edward Jones financial advisor, knows that his most important goals are yours. That's why he takes the time to understand your needs, knowing you. That's how Edward Jones makes sense of investing. Ben Erlinson, 100 North 6th Street in Waco, 254-759-8533. Edward Jones, member S.I. PC. Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics, the team physicians for Baylor Athletics, diagnosing and treating all sports-related injuries, including concussions. These specialists also provide orthopedic services for athletes and non-athletes alike. Whether it's knee or shoulder pain, a wrist injury, orthopedic spine care, and even an arthritis and total joint clinic. Trust the doctors Baylor Athletics trust. Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics wants to get you back in the game. TFNB Your Bank for Life is the official local bank of Baylor Athletics. Find out why more Central Texans are making TFNB their bank for life. Sign up for our Edge Checking and Savings accounts to earn interest or cash back with five convenient locations and an award-winning mobile app. Banking has never been easier. TFNB Your Bank for Life. Member FDIC. Pioneer Steel and Pipe opened their doors in 1943 and they have never wavered with their focus on great product and customer service, relationships with a handshake, making sure you, the customer, is satisfied. Their new facility is now twice the size, allowing new inventory, higher quantities, and in a much more organized fashion. In addition to the long lengths in tubing, angles, channels, rods, and flat, Pioneer Steel and Pipe now offers several shorter, more convenient lengths of material already cut. Their 2,500 square foot showroom has over 1,000 new products in stock, new welding supplies, hardware, quick creep, and do-it-yourself components for any project, whether you are a professional contractor or weekend warrior. The new facility is designed to make your loading experience faster and more efficient with easy drive lanes around the building and much more room to get your trailer loaded. Our location may have changed, but our values haven't, and our relationship with customers goes much farther than just business. Pioneer Steel and Pipe on Loop 340 and Highway 6 and just east of I-35 in Waco. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. Stop by and see our agents at one of our three McLennan County locations. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. 
365 Sports. The 3 o'clock hour is sponsored by Waco Custom Marketplace. Meats, sweets, Texas treats, and a cut above the rest. 425 Lake Air Drive, Waco. By the way, Bo Stocker saying, has uh, your mark been paid? He's getting a lot of money, believe me. And don't be like pro sports teams and renegotiate and bid against yourself. He'll be fine. They'll take care of him. It's still not over yet, and there's still more work to be done. But obviously, maybe they send a little extra raise or a bonus to Bob Bowlesby because let's not, even though he was asleep at the wheel, uh, the reaction of what they did with Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, and Brigham Young was obviously huge in what's transpiring now. Michael Lev, uh, Garrett, now do you have that? You already erase it. The graphic with the two divisions. You don't have it? All right. Uh, this was a year ago in June. We may not have the graphic or the image. Michael Lev, Arizona Daily Star, put up two different divisions in the Big 12 that included the schools that are right now involved in maybe being a part of it. Michael, thanks for your time. I know you've had a busy day in the next few hours as well. What are your thoughts about tonight, the board meeting, and how things seem to have changed, especially with Arizona State? Yeah, um, we definitely seem to be headed in a particular direction. Um, maybe I and others saw this coming uh, as, as far back as a year ago. Um, but even then, you know, it, it didn't seem as real as it does now. Um, I would say that it's more likely than not that Arizona and Arizona State are going to leave the Pac-12 for the Big 12. I mean, you know, saying that it could be as low a, a chance as 51%, but that's that seems like and feels like um, the way things are headed right now. And that might be the death blow of the Pac-12 as we've known it. Um, you know, while that's going on and Utah might join them, at the same time, the Big Ten is exploring the possibility of adding Oregon and Washington. And then there'd basically be nothing left, um, which is, I think, an unfortunate outcome because, we kind of love having our, our own deal over here uh, on the West Coast with the Pac-12. But, you know, there's also exciting possibilities for Arizona in the Big 12. I think it's actually a pretty good um, cultural fit. It's a pretty good athletic fit. Uh, it would be a hellacious basketball league um, and a really fun football league, too. So, Michael, what's your read on – the situation and and how quickly this gets done over the next few days. Yeah, I don't think it's going to linger. I really don't. Um, like, I wouldn't be surprised if there was an announcement of some sort um, as early as tomorrow, uh, which is Friday. Uh, the Arizona Board of Regents is meeting tonight. Uh, they're scheduled to meet for 90 minutes from 6 to 7.30 p.m. I just saw that there's a meeting up in Washington as well tonight. I mean... I think we all know what they're talking about. Um, they wouldn't be, you know, scheduling these meetings out of the blue in the middle of summer um, if it wasn't about this very, you know, serious and urgent topic. Um, so I think things are going to move pretty quickly. I think everybody wants to have some clarity um, about what they're doing so that the focus can shift, you know, away from that stuff and onto, you know, matters on the field, which is you know, really what fans and players and coaches care about the most. You said that you may have gotten an inkling, uh, and even I, the graphic, we had it earlier in the show, when you had up those two divisions with, I think, 14 or 16 teams, and you had Arizona, you had, I think, Utah, you had uh, Colorado and ASU. Mm-hmm. 
what why did you think that early was it just the writing on the wall that you just felt like it's that just like you said it just made sense well i think basically it was how can the pac-12 possibly survive without usc and ucla and i think that day you could sort of see the future like this league just doesn't have much appeal you know like no offense to the mountain west but basically was re- you know was rendered a rich man's mountain west when you lose those two iconic brands by far the biggest brand name on the west coast in usc ucla the most decorated basketball program uh, in, the, in the history of the ncaa uh the second biggest media market uh, in America, in Los Angeles. So I don't think it was that hard to envision the, the Pac-12 falling apart when that happened. That was the first domino to fall. It just happened to take the, the better part of a year for the additional dominoes to fall. You know, Colorado was the next one. And it looks like you know Arizona and Arizona State uh, could be um, the next ones in line. Michael, what did you think of when Michael Crow had really dug his heels in on Arizona State and the Pac-12 is where Robert Robbins, um, you know, kind of said, this is what we want and we had a guidelines and, you know, for what he expected from the TV deal for them to consider staying in the Pac-12, but Michael Crow was so dyed-in-the-wool pro-Pac no matter what. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where Michael Crow's from, but I do know that he's been at Arizona State for about 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert Robbins has been on the job for, I want to say, six years. He's originally from SEC country in Mississippi. He worked for a long time in Houston. He's a mega sports fan. So he's coming at this from a little bit of a different perspective, um, I think, than a lot of the presidents in the Pac-12, not not that you know, Bobby Robbins isn't uh, an academically oriented um, administrator, but he's also a big sports fan who's pretty knowledgeable about the world of big-time college athletics. So I think that was probably the main difference between those two and maybe the main difference between Robbins and a lot of his peers in the Pac-12 and the reason that he's kind of become this, this pivotal figure who's leading the way and sort of seeing the light. I don't think anybody really, other than Colorado, which is kind of a special case because they were in the, you know, in the big eight slash big 12 for most of their existence before the last decade. But I don't think anybody wants to leave the PAC 12. I don't think they want to break up. I think that the PAC 12 ineptitude has forced everybody's hand. Yeah, this was self-inflicted, wasn't it? Many, many times it's like they kept like paper cuts. Eventually it might have been like a power saw. Absolutely. No no question about it. There were any number of things that could have happened that previous commissioner or current commissioner George Kraftoff could have done along the way that probably would have prevented this from happening. You can go all the way back to when you know the Pac-12 was in pursuit of Texas and Oklahoma and didn't get that done for whatever reason, um, there was a there was an opportunity a few years ago to do a deal with ESPN. They decided not to. They held on to you know a, a exclusive 
equity stake in the Pac-12 networks rather than teaming up with an established broadcast company like ESPN or Fox. That's kind of blown up in their face. Um, there was an opportunity to merge with the Big 12 a couple of years ago that they turned down, apparently. Um, so all of those things could have saved uh, the league, and they failed every single time, and that's where we are, where we are today. Michael Levigan with us, Arizona Daily Star. My question, not to put you on the spot, but I, I'm interested. Who's the bigger fish here if both say yes, Arizona or Arizona State? Well, I think they're sort of equally large fish. Um, I, I would say that Arizona has a better all-around athletic program right now. If you look at men's basketball, women's basketball, um, long-term sustained success in both baseball and softball. Football's obviously been a struggle lately, but the program is on the rise. What you get with Phoenix, though, is you get a real, with, with ASU, is you get a really big media market and growing population base in, in Phoenix. So, you know, I think that kind of balances the scale between the two. Um, and that's why, you know, they're both appealing additions for Brett Yormark and the Big 12. Hey, Michael, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll see what happens tonight. Be in touch again. And then, Heck, at some point, we, we might have you on, not just because of this, but because of future games down the road once we start to see if this turns like we did with UCF in Cincinnati, Houston, and Brigham Young. Thank you for your time. Good luck covering the rest of this, however long it might go. Hey, thanks for having Thank me. You. Michael Lev. All right, Paul, I know we got a break because we do. Jake Plummer, not in order. Frank Cush, Charlie Taylor, Pat Tillman. Barry Bonds, Reggie Jackson, Danny White, Dustin Pedroia, I mean, Byron the- Scott, Mickelson, Curly Cope, Anthony Robles was a great wrestler, John Rahm, and John Jefferson, the receiver. All right, so I'll just give you a personal importance, Danny White, uh, who I did a podcast with yep. for a year. Um, and you know what? We probably need to get him on this show uh, to talk about it. Yep. I'll, uh, yeah. We reached out to Plummer yesterday, and that's, yeah. that's a good one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm happy to call Danny. I haven't talked to him in a while. Um, and I mean, of course, what are you, Dustin, what are you, what, what are you trying to say? I'm thinking, I'm thinking about, I just think about Danny and I think about how much I love Dustin Pedroia and how much he means to me. If we get him on, you're going to be good with that? Dustin Pedroia? You, I might, I will might you get like googly? Cry, cry through. No, I, I just, uh, he was. He's one of my favorite he's, players on the Red he's Sox. He kind of wasn't he like their Bregman? He was, yeah. He was the little engine that could. Yeah. The, he was the heart and soul of it. The um, you better not half-ass it up there because was Justin, he more Bregman or Altuve? I'm uh, more Altuve because he's yeah, a little guy, yeah, you know. Yeah. And um, he probably the thing that's really sad about Dustin Pedroia is without the concussion issue that happened, he was on like the, it was going to take him a few times, but he was on a Hall of Fame arc because he was such a good hitter and a good producer in the playoffs. And those are the things that make you, you know, he was going to be an all-star all the time. He was always going to hit about 300. He was always going to, you know, play really good defense. He was all in the playoffs. He was just, he was just so clutch. And he and big poppy like formed such a good nucleus of that organization. But yeah, um, 
Also, Dustin Pedroia, the reason that Ian Kinsler left. Yep, yeah, you're uh, right. Arizona State, yeah. Because he, he, he unseated him. All right, when we come back, we're not done. Taylor McCarg, we haven't had him on really since the football season. He's been traveling. He'll join us starting on uh, Thursdays today at 4.30. Around the corner, we have Tim Brando. We'll be interested to hear from Tim uh, on this as well. In the studio today, Emery Winter, Garrett Ross. Jack, was he here? No, I didn't see Jack. Jack is uh, in a wedding this weekend. Not his own. I was going to say, no, I didn't get the invitation. A, he's in one. He's, All right, and uh, then he's also, the party, Grayson yeah. was here because Baylor football started their practices like a lot of schools did earlier this week, and even a lot started today and then over the next couple of days. When we come back, we'll get to your comments. Any super chats, not that we're asking for them, but it'd be nice. Uh, if you have a super chat to make sure that we get your question or opinion, doesn't have to be a question, we'll get to those. And also, there's also now this debate what is the Big 12 going to be called if there's 13, 14, 15, or 16 teams? Because that's, you know, the Big 10 has how many teams? Because I get, I lose track. 16 now. Or, Big right? 10 has 16 with USC yeah. and UCLA. The SEC doesn't have to worry about the numbers. The uh, Pac-12 right now is nine. They've been up Could and be down. seven by the end of the night. Uh, the ACC doesn't have to worry about anything but grand rights. There's a lot of numbers there. And then, of course, the Big Ten. I mean, I don't think they'll ever change their numbers, so why should the Big 12? Uh, Big Ten have been around for a, a hell of a lot longer. Yeah. Here's what I'm wondering, because Florida State's strategy, and they thrown this out. Believe me, I went back to that Board of Trustees meeting, and there are some sentiments that, that think that if they can get out, reach a settlement, negotiate their way out of the grant of rights, even if they had to pay a bunch of money, if they doubled their money, it would be worth it in the long run because they'd really only be paying that money for four or five years and then after it. But my question to that is, is why pay that money if you would never have to? So why operate at a deficit to, to then maybe offer You, you know, know, I saw a lot of negative reaction. The, to them. The, the, they kind of deserve some of it. No, they do. I, I they're like, they're kind of like. I think, I think some of it is, some of it is valid. Some of it doesn't matter in the context of, you know, Oh, Florida State's doing this. Why? You know, they they had a really bad five years. Well, yeah, but Colorado's just about to make twelve million more dollars than they were in their other conference, and they've been the worst team in that conference. It's not about that. Like, it's about so much more than just your the current track you may be on. Look, ne- Nebraska still makes a bunch of money, and you know nobody said, "Well, yeah, well it's been twenty years." Yeah, I uh, think if Nebraska was to say anything like Florida State said yesterday, no, it would be like a tree no. falling. And, the, the and they don't have to because yeah. they 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 landed in a good spot and made a, a good financial decision, and that's what this is about. And and Florida State is banking on you know thirty years of history before the last five to kind of buoy them through this and television numbers that are legit, but even still not as big as some of the other ones. But maybe they do feel also, I think they, they, I think they feel that the reason that they're at $3 million a game and not $6 million a game is that half of their games, no one cares to watch the other team, which is a really conceited way to look at it. Really conceited way to well, look at it. Well, but the conceited has led to some teams leaving. Yeah. And maybe not the right word. Carmelo, call it the Sweet 16. Um, from well, already a th- that. Tony Clifton, Arizona has a stronger brand than ASU. I, I, it's a, I didn't know. I, I know it as far as what Michael was talking about when it comes to athletics overall. For Brett Bingham, just call it Big Country Conference, of course, is in Oklahoma State with the former 
player at uh, Oklahoma State. Um, Big 12 owns the rights to the name Big 14. I did not know that. I ne- never know if they'd get to that point. And so there's a lot of you. Matthew that Miller. might seem like a waste of money uh, <laughs> considering that it might go past it. But, yeah. Matthew Miller, Super Chat, when is Smokey going to buy a Hellcat? What's a Hellcat? Garrett, it's a car. It's, it's like it, one of those Dodge cars. It's, like, it's okay. what I've been promoting, Paul, for our sponsor. Thank <laughs> oh. you. Ted Teague and Alan Samuels. That's what all the Georgia Dodge players have been using. Uh, also, let's see, uh, Chris, moment of silence oh. for SMU, San Diego State, Cal West, uh, Wazoo, Oregon State. I'm not going to do that, but, Chris, I get why. I, I'm not going to do that. There have been more than one days or weeks, or even if you combine a, f- a month or two over in the last 13 or 14 years, if you covered the Big 12, where you wondered if they were one of those names instead of the ones that might be looking on the outside looking in. Uh, and I wish those all the best that they could possibly get. But I understand what you're saying. Mike Terry, I think Hank Jr. said it best. Are you ready for some football? Mike, um, as Ray Anderson said yesterday, uh, it'd be great to get through this. I don't know if this is a government. Because let's say that Arizona, Arizona State join. Let's say they decide to join. Let's say somebody else joins with them, whether it's Utah or whoever else. You think that's it? No. Then we go to the East Coast with what's going on there at the ACC. And then maybe the Big Ten does something different. Oh, by the way, and if Big Ten does something different, guess who has to counter that? Probably the SEC, even if they say they don't. Uh, Armored Knight. Uh, no, Dan Stockton, the Arizona Daily Star, is a pro-Tucson newspaper. Maybe, I, I, that's my, I don't know. Is that where they're located? I don't know. I mean, yes, it is where they're located. Yeah, so, I, I mean. I get that. I, 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 we didn't have mom. He talked about ASU as much as he did Arizona. But thanks a lot, Dan. El Sombra, Region 7. Who would have thought two years ago when Texas and Oklahoma left the Big 12 that the monumental move would have killed the Pac-12 instead of the Big 12? And George Klyovkov had a chance to help the Big 12, said no, and then called back, as Ross Dellinger reported, and it was a short conversation. Do you remember when you said no? This is 365 Sports. Which break is it, uh, Garrett? Number three. Okay, Pioneer still in pipe. Thanks to Braden Embry and company, the uh, the family that's been around since 1943. They've been through it all, and yet they're bigger, better, faster, and stronger than ever before. Pipe steel metal, new building on Loop 340 and Highway 6 on the east side of 35 in Waco. You don't stay in business that long if you're not doing a lot right. Yeah, you got to catch a break or two, but sometimes luck is when preparation meets opportunity pioneer steel and pipe 1943 and what back in december not a year yet not even a year they built a bigger better faster and stronger company more and more product different lengths of product where you don't have to go and pick it up there take it somewhere else to get it cut to the length you need or you do it yourself they do it for you and then on top of that even though they've always had great distribution and they will deliver heavy duty and unload it for you wherever the construction site might be. Here's an even better. You now, when you go there, you're not going to wait in line. There's maybe days where it's a little more busy than others, but the way the distribution or the bays to get your product in your trailer or truck is so much better because there's more of them and more ways to get you in and out with what you want. And people have been coming back, you the customers, since 1943, pioneerboys.com.
Established in 2007 and independently owned, Alliance Bank Central Texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals. From their tellers to their board of directors, they know the importance of superior service and competitive products. Customers have confidence knowing that their financial needs are in good hands. It's your bank, Alliance Bank Central Texas, with two Waco locations, 4721 Bosque Boulevard and 191 Archway Drive on Highway 84 and at AllianceBankTexas.com. Member FDIC an equal housing lender. Where is the best beef in Texas? Your house. When you order from Texas Beef House, unleash the flavor of Texas-raised Wagyu from our pasture to your plate at TexasBeefHouse.com. Samantha Duvall joins us. She's the marketing director who knows all of the specials and also the events coming up. And thank you very much, as always, for your time. So all of these holidays are over. We've hit the meat of, literally, of the summer. And your thoughts about as you hit the month of August and into football season, Samantha? Football season's right around the corner, so- that means it's perfect time for tailgating. Um, the best time to grab our hamburger patties is right now through the end of July. We still have our sale going on with our regular patties and our jalapeno and cheese patties. They're $12 a package, so that's four patties to a package. It's perfect for the time for football. Gather all your family around. That way you can grill it up. Where's the best beef in Texas? Your house. When you order from Texas Beef House, unleash the flavor of Texas-raised Wagyu and how they age it as well. From our pasture to your plate, TexasBeefHouse.com. Shorty's Pizza Shack at 12th and Bagby is a homegrown, locally owned pizza place that's out of this world. Everything from the dough, the sauce, the sausage topping is made fresh in-house. Not to mention the amazing pizza pillows, the chicken wings are to die for. Try the sick of sauce, chili cheese fries or tots, plus great specials on food and drink every single day. Shorty's is also the perfect spot to watch the game with your friends. Shorty's Pizza Shack at 12th and Bagby. Tell them Paul sent you by. Did you know that one out of every four men have symptomatic low levels of testosterone and don't even know it? And if you think you're too young to worry about it, guess again. Low T levels can make you feel tired and grumpy, raise your cholesterol, and cause weight gain. Petty Clinic Low T can set up same-day blood screening and results. So if you're tired of being tired, call or go online at PettyClinicLowT.com. It's a private clinic with an atmosphere catering to men. Affordable, only $165 a month, including lab work, office consultation, testosterone injections, and follow-up visits compared to $300 or more a month in Dallas or Austin, and you don't have to drive 90 miles one way or the other and fight the traffic. Petty Clinic Low T has board-certified physician consultations and will provide the best form of brand-strength testosterone. Contact Petty Clinic Low T for increased energy, improvement in sexual desire and performance, mood, concentration, even a decrease in body and belly fat. Just off Highway 84 and Old Hewitt Drive in Woodway, PettyClinicLowT.com. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. The 4 o'clock hour is sponsored by Boozer's Jewelers, the wedding ring store, specializing in custom jewelry and repair, all in-house. Now here's David Smoke and Paul Catalina. 
Tim Brando at 5 o'clock. Taylor McCarg, ESPN, joins us at 4.30. We already have a, a, a really nice lineup already set up for tomorrow. We'll be adding to that list Dr. Linda Livingstone, uh, Baylor president, also Big 12 Board of Governors chair. Uh, Grayson will be here. He's going to practice right now over at Baylor. And then, and then also Dennis Dodd will join us on tomorrow's show. And there will be three to four others along the way. And a lot of it depends on what becomes official either after tonight or tonight and or into the day tomorrow. Now, uh, top-ranked Arizona Wildcats football players. This is from Ainsworth Sports. I have no idea who they are, but they have the ratings. Rob Gronkowski, Lance Briggs played with the Bears. Chris McAllister, pretty damn good player with the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Michael Bates, the kick returner. Teddy Bruschi. Didn't we have Lance Briggs when we were in Chicago? Yes, we, we did. did. the show with us for and a while. We also, yeah, we had Lance Briggs. It was a couple of uh, couple of really like old-school 85 Bears uh, yeah. and, and after that. Teddy Bruschi, Daryl Lewis, Nick Folk. Uh, I'm going to skip Nick a couple. Foles. Uh, uh, Nick Foles is 11. Vance Johnson. Uh, so they got they got some. Uh, I remember Dennis Northcutt, uh, wide receiver mm-hmm. back in the day. So there's doesn't seem like the same type of Hall of Fame names that you have with the Arizona State. But again, the, you go to basketball, and then we'll of course you know, and we haven't even discussed that. We haven't even discussed that, and I know that it's about football and about money and all that, but the college basketball that they're trying to put together already with the Big 12, who they are now with Houston coming on board, and then you add Arizona? Good gosh. And, and that's perhaps right on the cusp of happening. Now, I don't know what happened, but my super chat has, like, jumped right in my face, Paul. It used to be off to the side, and now it's like this big, huge page. Um. MC Gusto on the super chat. I don't think I can. I don't think I can show that that chat. I don't know what you're talking about there. That might be a little naughty. Um, Kyle Visser, uh, San Diego State. Remember, in their first meeting, requested a full share. They killed their chances. I, I, you remember Anu Solomon went to Baylor, who was a quarterback at Arizona. Let's see. Would Pac-12 and M- uh, Mountain West merge? I don't think that they would have the juice to do that. I mean, you know, you might get a couple teams, but look, Stanford and Cal are not going to be Mountain West teams. I don't think Cal might. I mean, Stanford, Stanford has this gigantic endowment, and if they don't get in, like they can go independent for a little while and wait for the Big Ten to expand. I'm not sure how Cal's finances work and what that is compared to Stanford. I just know that Stanford – you know, can do what they they can do what they want. They can they can throttle down on football and media rights for a little while until until the the wheel comes back around to them because I think they can go independent. I think it would be tough, but I think they could at least until they see how the like, rest of the landscape kind, kind of like BYU did, right? So BYU did it with the plan of getting somewhere else eventually. And, you know, we heard from Tom Holmo, um, uh, at BYU like how long they said look it was it was getting to the point where we were going to have to to try to do something because the whole point of going independent with football was to find a power mm-hmm. five home and then when this opportunity came about it was it was really good timing for them but that was the plan and Stanford would even have a longer leash than than BYU would to do that and I don't even think it'd be that long so if you go what independent starting in 2024 then 
probably seven years before you could, I mean, long-term that you'd have to do that before the next round of realignment came around and somebody could make you an offer, whether that's the Big Ten or, or, or someone else, uh, and you to adjust well, the dust and settle. do what you need to do. I don't know if that's the same way with Cal. I mean, Oregon State and Washington State can't do that. They'd have to join the Mountain West. Well, wait, but why does it have to be the Mountain West? Why can't it still be those join the Pac-12 or they merge? And but they if call there's it the, only two schools left in the Pac-12, then there's not really I don't, a Pac-12. Well, yeah, and, and we don't know that. And, and I don't know what Cal and Stanford would allow to enter their room. I mean, is, 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 are they going to be able to hold their nose at some people? I don't know. That's kind of like, you know, I hate to say that because I'm sure there's not that. There are many more that perhaps aren't like that, but that's the perception, right? Mm-hmm. So from right slot, this is what's going to happen. Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Big 12, Washington, Oregon, Cal, Stanford, Big 10, Oregon State, Washington State, Mountain West. I still think that. You can still have the Pac-12, but then again, with all that history, tradition, and much more. And that leads me, and I don't think I sent these to you, Garrett, did I, from uh, Michelle Smith? Did I send you those? No, nothing from her. What would you do, block me? Not yet, no. but, but it's on the table. <laughs> I know. I, I, I understand why. I want to read this because this was a tweet from her. Um M.A.C. Smith 413. I've covered the Pac-12 for 30 years. Not just women's hoops, football, softball, basketball, baseball. Was on the field when Stanford football beat USC in Harbaugh's first season. Absolutely sick about what we are even at this point. Or that we're even at this point. The relish, the relish that some people take in ending this conference sucks. Michelle, I don't know you. I think we've had her on. Once or twice. But the relish that people take in ending this conference sucks. I agree with that. I, I get it. The Southwest Conference, gone. Big East football, gone. I understand, but a lot of the relish to me is from fan bases. And it's from fan bases of other conferences who have also had the boomerang effect of when they had things thrown their way that you're going to die when you – Texas and OU left, or when the Pac-12 was going to gobble up the Big 12. I think a lot of that is social media, and there has been a little bit of, what would you say, shrapnel both ways when it comes to that, and and, and really not needed, not necessary. But, you know, when, when you've had things said to you about, you know, no means no, and, and compared it to sexual assault about the Big 12 wanting teams in the Pac-12 to perhaps join their conference and compare it to that, that was that was uncalled for. And, th- and then it gets dirty and it gets ugly and it, then it gets really personal and it gets too emotional. And uh, so I, I get what you're saying. And, I, yeah, there's going to be some people that relish in a lot of different things that happen. People like to see people climb the rope to the top of the mountain and they absolutely love to watch whoever that is at the top of the mountain fall down the mountain too. When we come back, uh, Taylor McCark, ESPN, his thoughts about all of that's changed in the last couple of days, maybe the next couple of hours and more, and this is 365 Sports.
With so many companies and policies out there, it gets so confusing shopping for insurance, and I never know if I'm getting the policy that's right for me. Luckily, I met the team at the Nitchy Group Insurance Agency. With the Nitchy Group, you can go to one company and get access to coverage options from many insurance carriers, and you get to speak to a real person about your specific coverage needs. With the Nitchy Group, I know I'm getting the right coverage at the right price. If you need insurance, talk to the experts at the Nitchy Group at 1-800-258-8302. How did Edward Jones become one of the biggest financial service companies in the world? By not acting that way. Financial strategies, one-on-one advice, it's a big difference. And that's why Brad Wilson, your Edward Jones financial advisor, makes sense of investing. Experience the difference for yourself. Brad Wilson, 250 Sharon Drive in Woodway, 254-776-4337. Edward Jones, member SIPC. There are 26 letters in the alphabet, over 600,000 words in the dictionary, and just three of them said together can change everything. Let's order pizza. Those three words lead to dough made from scratch and three fresh signature cheeses that blanket golden crust in a heavenly melt on Marco's Pizza that'll blow your mind. So visit Marco's.com to order and stop by Marco's Pizza in Bellmead, China Spring, Woodway, and in Robinson. Marco's. Pizza lovers get it. Waco Custom Marketplace is your hometown grocery store with a full-service butcher shop and bakery. Hi, this is David Smoke. The butcher shop can take your customized orders for seafood, pork, and poultry and custom cut your favorite steaks from bacon-wrapped fillets to T-bone to bone-in ribeyes. Cut specifically the way you want. They have Norwegian salmon fillets, catfish fillets, sliced ham or turkey and lunch meat, variety of cheese available, and several options of sausage links. Fresh chicken breast or whole chickens, sliced bacon, pork chops, ground beef, marinated beef, and chicken fajitas and always large briskets available, plus fresh vegetables. So the great product, customer service, and family tradition of the Bauer family continues at Waco Custom Marketplace, open Monday through Saturday. A full-service butcher shop and bakery available. Waco Custom Marketplace, 425 Lake Air Drive in Waco, or WacoCustomMarketplace.com. Automatic Chef Canteen is a full-service micro-market vending and office coffee provider with state-of-the-art vending equipment, a wide variety of products, and offering custom-fitted micro-market vending office coffee solutions for your employee break room. You want a full break room solution and a workplace oasis? Well, Automatic Chef Canteen, locally owned and operated for over 50 years in Central Texas, also includes in-house mechanics on call 24-7 for fast, reliable service and maintenance. Automatic Chef Canteen, 6900 Imperial Drive in Waco or online at automaticchefcanteen.com. Don's Humidor, your home with a 48-foot walk-in humidor with the elite cigar brands from around the world, including the number one cigar of the year aging room, Quattro Nicaragua. Plus, they have the great brands like Macanudo and Artur Fuente, Rocky Patel, Aston, and so much more. CBD, great for sore muscles, aches and pains, sleep, Vita Dreams and anxiety, mild depression, general health and wellness. Their staff, very knowledgeable on the subject. If anyone is curious about CBD, ask Carolyn Ashley, Don Schumanor in the Townwood Shopping Center off Valley Mills in Waco. 
This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Enjoying the show? Hit the like button and subscribe. Taylor McCarg, broadcaster for ESPN, joins us. This is going to be his time on Thursdays around 4.30 with us on 365 Sports. Paul Catalina, Craig's out till next week. I'm David Smoke, and thank you for being here. And Taylor, you too. So, um, man, things are changing, buddy, since the last time we spoke with you. It's been a while, but Colorado will join the Big 12. Now it appears as if Arizona and Arizona State, unless they get cold feet, are about to possibly join the Big 12. Maybe even, who knows, Utah, what happens with then Oregon, Washington. Your thoughts about the musical chairs of realignment? It's just, uh, well, first of all, thank you guys. It's great to be back. Obviously, we're close to the season getting going. I'm ready to talk about football. I can't wait for the end of August to get here so we can start talking about games because this, to me, is my least favorite part of college football right now. I, the, the realignment game, uh, more often than not, this is really just benefiting the top echelon of schools, and there's a lot of schools that I feel like are getting left behind right now. Um, I saw a, a piece today. Uh, it was really coming from a fan's perspective on as a Washington State fan feeling like they were getting left behind in a, in a, a world where they belonged in a conference and knew where their place was in a, one of the premier conferences for a very long time. And now it looks like who knows what their future looks like. And I think that's, that's the sad part in all this mm-hmm. is the, the middle tier and bottom tier power five teams that have played really good football for a long time. I think about Oklahoma State. If you look about, if you look back in the last decade or 15 years at sustained success at the Power Five level, Oklahoma State's right there. I mean, that's a top 12 to 15 team in the last, call it 15 years, and they're they're right now feeling like they're left behind when you know their peer group is in a lot of ways it's been Texas and Oklahoma. They've been better than Texas. The the realignment with the Pac-12. And this is goes without saying, but it really just comes down to mismanagement of the TV contract and money that these schools, the top level, meaning USC, UCLA, the Arizona schools, Washington, Oregon, they're, they're rumored to the Big Ten. All of this is coming down to, you, you, you see the TV deal that's on the table right now with Apple TV, and they're looking around at what's being offered in the SEC and the Big Ten, and, and in some instances, even the Big 12, and saying, does it really make sense for us to stay here from a financial perspective? I hate that that's what it's being boiled down to, but this day and age of, of realignment, it really more than ever is coming down to dollars and cents in these TV deals. So, Taylor, just from a, you know, curious to you on the, on the football perspective, how do you think this will, will work out for, uh, well, at least Colorado and, and probably looking now Arizona and Arizona State as well? If the if Arizona and Arizona State jump to the Big 12, all of a sudden the Big 12 has really become a solid third-place conference in college football. I think if you look at teams that consistently year in, year out, are competing for a national championship and have a realistic shot at a national championship, all of those schools are in the SEC and the Big 10. There are some schools in, in what will be the new Big 12 that will tell you that they are. And I know TCU had a shot at it last year. But realistically, year in and year out, it's, they're all in the SEC and the Big Ten. Now, that being said, when this playoff expands, there's going to be opportunities for some of these schools in the new Big 12 to really get a chance to showcase themselves and 
even if they don't get a bye week in that first round of the playoff games, if they're hosting a playoff game, think about a, an Oklahoma State or a TCU, a Texas Tech, a lot of hype around Joey McGuire in his second year there. Arizona, if they get things turned around, who knows what happens with Dion at Colorado. There's still a lot to be excited about if you're a Big 12 fan. And man, out of all of the realignment, I would say the biggest winners are the four teams that moved over to the Big 12 that, can, that bumped up. So UCF, Houston, Cincinnati, BYU, they feel like, gosh, they've completely improved their station relative to what they were at in the, in the American Conference. And they, to me, that, that seems like the biggest winners in all of this. Um, but I think you've got to focus on if you're not in the SEC and you're not in the Big Ten, doing everything you can to try and get one of those playoff spots so that you get a shot at the TV money that's going to come from the expanded playoff. Taylor, we may have asked you this back when the story came down or you we've known about those four schools that are incoming, and we saw all of them at Big 12 Media Days, what, about uh, two or three, four weeks ago. Who of those four teams do you think is more prepared right now to perhaps even make a mark the first year in the Big 12? I think it's probably BYU right now. Um, and that may not be this season, but they've had stretches of time where they've recruited at a really high level and have had quarterback play that uh, they, they recruited a high enough level that it, it would not surprise me if early on BYU competes in the Big 12. Houston, they lost a lot of pieces. I had them late in the year last year, and they it's not like they were starting to maybe quit on Dana a little bit. I think they're going to struggle this year. I think their their predicted win total for the season is is around four and a half or five, and I think that's probably right. Cincinnati, same thing. They've lost so many pieces, and especially since Luke Fickle's now moved on to Wisconsin, lot to replace there. Central Florida, to me, is the one that's most interesting because their win total is hovering around the preseason win total. Vegas has them up close to a bowl team, right around five hundred. They're in such a talent rich part of the country. But they're recruiting against mostly ACC schools and SEC schools. Are you going to get enough kids that are going to play there knowing most of their games are going to be played in the South, farther from home? They're not playing really very close to home at all. But year in and year out, UCF has been pretty competitive. They've had a couple of down spots, but that's the one to me that I've got the biggest question mark on. But BYU right away, I would say in, in the first couple of years, I would expect them to compete. Taylor, what do you make of what's going on in the ACC right now? And Florida State barking and its long grant of rights, and I, I, I'm assuming they're just trying to get more people to come with them so they can legitimately challenge it, uh, not by themselves, but with a group of people. But it it's might be necessary for their their business future, but it just doesn't seem like a great look to me right now. I think it's the same thing in some ways that they're dealing with the Pac-12, the grant of rights going out as far as it does in the future. I think it's really it's been a, an issue and it hamstrings the ACC in being able to be mobile. And uh, with these TV contracts as quickly as they've come about, that's been a major problem for the ACC. Uh, Florida State and Clemson clearly are the two groups. When I, I said earlier, you know, which conferences have – uh, teams that can compete for a national championship. Those would be the two outliers, and then maybe you could throw in Notre Dame as well. But Florida State, and especially Clemson, clearly can compete at that level. Would make sense. Look, if you're going to go, if the SEC is going to go get Texas and Oklahoma, 
it's not a far reach to, to assume that Clemson and Florida State, they're surrounded by SEC schools as well. But I agree with, I think, where you were going with that point that that conference has been the ACC, I mean, really the, the nuts and bolts of it for so long. Does it really make sense to blow that up? Or is it better to lean into what you have and be that, call it, you know, if the Big 12 is, is the third tier, they're right next to the, that new Big 12, maybe even slightly better since you do have two teams that will compete for, could compete for a national championship. I hope they don't leave with all of the conference realignment. In almost every instance, I hope that teams don't move. I think it's better off when uh, your, your core teams stay in place, but that's just not the world we live in right now. Taylor, you played the quarterback position, right? I did. So yesterday, a couple of days ago, there was a, a like a little get-together, Baylor football coaches and also the media. It was more just to kind of maybe ask some questions off to the side. But one of the things, I walked up to Jeff Grimes and just asked him about, why is Blake Shapin going to be better this year? So one of the things, without giving away a lot, but one of the things he talked about is just there is some sort of a trend about sophomore quarterbacks who had a pretty good time or had some success, some success as a freshman. Usually they take a step backwards and then they improve. I don't know if that's completely like evidence everywhere, but that made sense to me. Your thoughts about that? I saw my, I was a four-year starter at Rice and I saw my biggest jump between my sophomore and junior year. Okay. Uh, there were some, there were a couple of reasons for that. I was hurt a lot my freshman year, uh, sophomore year. We played a really challenging schedule, but I did end up getting benched for the last three games of my sophomore season. And there was some growing up to do. There was some maturing for me and the off season that was probably my best off season. And just in terms of growth and going, going into my, my, junior year that felt like the year that I had taken the biggest step and um, it showed we went from first two years that I was a starter we were both four and eight and then we jumped to seven and six my junior year went to a bowl game won the bowl game and then won conference USA in my senior year and it progressed year over year some guys don't need that some guys are more mature than you know my, the version of me at 2021 20, not a super mature guy um, it just depends on the, the person but I do think on field you would expect that, you know, as a sophomore, you should be better than as a freshman. But if for most guys, take out the Trevor Lawrences of the world, there's usually not this giant leap between year one and year two. It really starts to happen junior year, senior year. When you get guys that have played three, three and a half years, that is a lifetime in college football. I mean, that is a ton of experience that, honestly, I think it's overlooked. I'm going on a little bit of a rant here, but when we talk about – Arch Manning at Texas and this expectation that he was going to come in and just set the world on fire. You're, you're comparing him to a guy in Quinn Ewers that has been around the block a couple different times, two different schools, injured last year, but has played at a high level already, even though it's a short period of time, to expect an 18-year-old to jump in and compete against that, it's just not the norm. There are outliers that it happens, but that, that is not the norm, and especially for college kids. That experience and the buildup from years two, three, and especially four, it, it is so impactful to those kids. Taylor, uh, when you look around uh, the Big 12 and the, and the quarterbacks this year, the biggest question now has to come out of Iowa State. Now that Hunter Deckers has to step away for this gambling issue, a, a thing that it's going to hit a lot of teams eventually, uh, you know, as more and more information starts to drop uh, on those things. But they have to go with probably true freshman J.J. Cole. You said you were a four-year starter. What lies ahead for him 
in his first year as a starter? Yeah, any true freshman. Well, first off, I think the uh, the gambling issues across college football, I think kids, this goes without saying, but this will be a lesson that hopefully a lot of other kids learn from. And if they thought about having an account like this, I mean, it, it go, it, you're seeing it in the NFL as well. It is something that um, it's so forward-facing now in sports where even just 10 years ago when I was playing, it wasn't, right? It was very taboo. Now you turn on college game day and you've got the top picks and you've mm-hmm. got the lines on the on the ticker and it feels I can I can understand how as a, a college kid it's so in your face and you're a part of it that there's the temptation to do that. But hopefully a lot of kids learn the lesson uh, on behalf of what's happening at Iowa and Iowa State right now. Specific to the, the true freshman that's going to have to step in. Look for any true freshman that gets put in at major at a major college football program all about keeping it simple. And for Iowa State, I think that's exactly what you're going to see this year. You're going to get a lot of quick game. You're going to get a lot of specific shot plays. They will not have the offense opened up nearly what it was like last year. And that's usually the case across the board. Anytime a a senior quarterback or a veteran quarterback goes down and you have a freshman come in, expect to see a pretty simple version of the offense and expect to see a lot of mistakes. I think Iowa State, that drops them down probably by a win and a half, maybe two full wins. Uh, it could be even worse than that. To be honest with you, I haven't gotten eyes on who the true freshman that they have coming in, um, but it's, it certainly is going to be impactful to them. Thank you. Taylor, it's great to have you back. Where did you go this summer that you can tell us? Uh, I mean, like, did, you, did, you, did you go overseas? Did you just kind of chill? Did, anything in particular that was maybe your favorite time other than being around family? Man, we, we went to visit some friends in London, and wow. uh, we were the – we, we were the genius parents that brought our 14-month-old with us. Um, so apologies to everybody that was on our flight over. Uh, it was not a great experience for them. But we had a great summer, a lot of fun traveling around, um, enjoyed the trip to London. And now, man, I, I'm not just saying it. I'm fired up to be back with you guys and got the first couple games of the schedule coming in and fired up to, uh, to get going and get this season underway. Will you, will you be doing a couple games a week sometimes now? I will. I've got a little bit of a different deal this year. I've got a, a small package of games with CBS as well. And so, oh. you know, like week week one, I've got Tulsa on Thursday night, and then I go to Liberty for a Saturday game with CBS. And so I've got a couple weeks like that. I've got a Conference USA is the deal with CBS. And they, if people don't know this, this will be great for college football fans this year. We all know about Maction where they play that November schedule on weeknights. Well, Conference USA is doing the same thing in October. So I've got a Tuesday night game uh, with Louisiana Tech and Middle Tennessee. And uh, so I'm, I'm kind of spread around this year, but really fired up for both of those packages of games. And, um, man, it's, it's almost here. So, okay, CBS. So what networks will you be seeing? ESPN right. and CBS. Okay. Uh, most of, I would say, the CBS stuff will be obviously on CBS or CBS Sports Network. Right. And then uh, ESPN, still a lot of streaming um, and then, you know, some games that get flexed up to ESPNU or sometimes ESPN2, but a lot of those we won't know until we get closer. All right, congratulations on that, my man. Uh, great to have you on. Look forward to it. Thursdays around 4.30. Taylor McCarg, college football analyst, also now with ESPN and CBS, former Rice quarterback. All right, uh, we have uh, had one hell of a run, really, since, uh, well, three and a half years ago. But last week when Paul and Craig were here with all of what happened with Colorado, this week with what might be happening officially either tonight or tomorrow with Arizona, 
and not just Arizona, but perhaps Arizona State and what might be happening elsewhere with, you know, what does Utah do? What about Oregon and Washington? What about those who are left, whoever's left of the Pac-12? What about those who are wanting to go to the Pac-12 like San Diego State or SMU? What does this mean for them? I have no idea, and we're here every day to try to figure it out to give you as many voices for you to listen to and then you yourself with your opinions, whether they can be changed and or not or validated. This is 365 Sports. Texas Beef House. Is that right, Garrett? Is that what I need to talk about? Because I can't wait to do it. Starting in the uh, last week of this month, because now we're in August, every week, if you are a subscriber, we have 32,000-plus subscribers. If you are a subscriber, stay tuned over the next few weeks. I'm going to have information for you that we're going to have a chat room member of the week. I don't know exactly how we're going to come about doing that. If you want to send me some suggestions, this came from one of our members who bought 15 $100 Texas Beef House gift cards. And we're going to give one of them away each week during the football season, starting at the end of August. So thank you to Texas Beef House, and thank you to, to Kim for that as well. To kind of just, we're a family, right? That doesn't mean we don't disagree or argue. We absolutely do that. We go each other's throats sometimes. We shouldn't. And then sometimes we just enjoy the hell out of college football. Well, you know what I enjoy? Wagyu beef. And they have Wagyu raised, farm raised, in just outside of Tyler, TexasBeefHouse.com, the Duval family. They have sirloins, New York strip, ribeyes, fillets. And I had just, in fact, late last night, took out a fillet, took out one New York strip, and then, excuse me, and then I took out a fillet bacon wrap and put it in my refrigerator to let it kind of slowly thaw. And I am cooking them, babies. I'm cooking them this weekend. One, I'm going to do fajitas tonight with one, and I'm going to have just a steak with a baked potato, maybe broccoli with another. Makes me hungry as hell that I'm not doing that right now. You can go to TexasBeefHouse.com, order steaks, Wagyu beef, farm-raised, right there in East Texas, and they also have hamburgers, regular Wagyu beef, hamburgers with cheese and jalapeno. Uh, They have ribs. They have sausage. They have beef. Wagyu beef at TexasBeefHouse.com. I hate my job, but I don't mind getting up in the morning. I dream stay, but I can't wait to get out of bed. You ask me why, and what I'll say to you is true. Well, you can get breakfast tacos at Rudy's Barbecue. Scrambled eggs and brisket, they ain't fooling around. Salsa wrap, son, they're the best in town. Barbecue for breakfast, yes, it's true. Put a smile on your morning at Rudy's Barbecue. Next in line. Boozers is the wedding ring store and more. If you're ready to get engaged or already married and want to upgrade your wife's ring for a special anniversary, Boozers is the place to go. With the largest selection of premier quality diamond engagement rings and wedding rings in Central Texas. They have seven cases with over 300 styles of rings from top designers like Natalie Kay. Choose from yellow, white, or rose gold, plus beautiful top quality loose diamonds. With an in-house jewelry, they can also custom make anything you want. Bring in a picture or drawing and let Boozers create your one-of-a-kind pendant or ring. They can even use some of your old gold and diamond jewelry to create something new. At Boozers, you'll find a great selection of quality timepieces, and Boozers is the place for expert watch maintenance and repairs, too. They specialize in expert Rolex watch repair for fine jewelry, watches, custom work, and more. Go to Boozers on Valley Mills and Lake Air Drive in Waco. Boozers. 
Ideal MRI, we feel blessed to be part of the Waco community. We're a small family business here in Central Texas. At times like this, the cost of health care has never been more important. And unfortunately, significant illnesses and injuries still occur. And that's why Ideal MRI is open and here to serve you through this difficult time. So if you need an MRI, ask your doctor about Ideal MRI. You can schedule online in minutes at IdealMRI.com or call 833-IDEAL-MRI. Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness on Lakeshore Drive is a premier elite life-changing experience where you can change your mind, body, and soul. Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness offers over 40 group exercise classes every week, including boot camp, indoor cycling, bar, silver sneakers, and more. If you haven't been to Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness lately, you're missing out on the improvements. New flooring in the weight room floor and locker rooms, new paint and mirrors added to the weight room and group exercise room, and many new machines have been added and arriving constantly on the weight room floor. New free weights, weight machines, TRX, rowing machines, stationary bikes, new treadmills, new ellipticals on the spacious weight room floor. Personal training with Christy London, Randall Corley, Alex Box, and welcome to Nathan Roach, where you will be encouraged and motivated to grow. A kids club included with your membership plus sauna, whirlpool, and tanning bed. 16 tennis courts plus a beautiful stadium court and longtime youth tennis pro Britt Coleman and assistant junior Kenneth. Adult Tennis lessons and clinics with Blake and the commitment to pickleball with eight courts and instructor Jody Thurman. Visit the website at WacoTennis.com or visit us at Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness next to Hawaiian Falls on Lakeshore Drive in Waco. Three sixty-five Sports is turbocharged by Unite Private Networks. Find out more at UnitePrivateNetworks.com. I don't know why Emery's here, Paul. Well, I mean, it's, you know, our generation, Emery's even younger, but my generation and younger, we only have so much patience for your generation and your technological issues. So on the, uh, and and Nick, please be patient. Nick Olson's about to join us on Iowa State in the week that they've had. So I'm on the screen, this, this YouTube screen, and on the right side, lower right side was the chat room and it was just so perfect and all of a sudden now everything's below and gotten bigger so one of the young kids in this building and that's no longer you paul because you don't know how to fix it either need to get this fixed for me or somebody on the youtube you need to get a mac huh you need to get a mac that's probably what it is Mac Rhodes will join us next Tuesday. <laughs> no, wait. Baylor Director of Athletics. I just, I just don't mess with Microsoft computers anymore. I just don't. All right. Uh, Nick Olson did not sign up for any of this. Cyclone Alert 247 <laughs> Sports joins us. Paul Catalina, David Smoke on 365 Sports. Nick, thank you very much for your time. How tough is it in Ames right now with the Deckers? And they, they knew about players and this gambling whatever, but the news of Deckers, was that a punch in the, you know what, Hey, great to be here, guys, as well as with my guy Garrett uh, on some of the keys. So, you know, in terms of a punch in the gut, I would say for the most part, guys, this was something that was fairly, you know, expected. I'm not sure if everything right down to, you know, some of the alleged uh, situations with betting involving games, ISU, obviously, before he was starting. Not sure if quite to that detail, but they've known for a while, really, guys, that he was not expected to be the guy, quite honestly, for several months. And even before any of this, 
there was a pretty legitimate QB battle going on in the spring. Now, Duckers was still at a decent spot at that point. But again, none of this was a complete shock. And just speaking with sources really around the program throughout this week, you know, I think it's intriguing and obviously a big story that it's out there. But in terms of the program, they're really as locked in as always, just kind of shutting out the outside noise right now. Why did the state of Iowa move on this so much faster than everywhere else has? And so, you know, it's kind of depending on who you ask, guys, you'll hear some different things. But it's almost like this story that it, it kind of came out of nowhere, you know, kind of like you alluded to. And there's not like a clear cut reason why it was not only here in Iowa, right? But then even looking a little deeper, it's so centric to Iowa State and Iowa, like University of Iowa Hawkeyes, when there are still a couple other pretty big-time athletic schools in the state, Drake, the D1 school, Northern Iowa, who Iowa State is going to play week one. And I don't know about you guys, but I certainly don't think that just Iowa and Iowa State would be the only schools to be kind of involved in something like this. So it really makes, you know, kind of wonder why did this start with Iowa? Why was it just these two schools and additionally almost why did it take nearly three and a half four months for some of these legitimate details to be really officially released and and we're still waiting on some by the way too what well, i mean and the reason i asked is that uh you know it is strange because this is going to happen at several other places around the country and you could probably go to uh, every major program or school, and not maybe not football, but every big Power Five school, and find somebody that's an athlete with a DraftKings account. You, like that's that's not going to be any big surprise. I was just curious as to what, like, politically in Iowa, why was this driven so hard to the hole so fast compared to other places that have probably the exact same problem. Yeah, and, and that's kind of, you know, that area that I, I've heard a lot of different things. You know, some people, uh, some knowledgeable people on my message board have, you know, really kind of asked similar things and things like, huh, would, were a couple people just kind of trying to, to make an early name and kind of get their big investigations out of the way early, really things of that nature. But my point is maybe, like you said, maybe you don't just hit on football, but I mean, geez, I'm not at all of these other schools, but I could almost essentially guarantee you go to any school really in the country, D1, D2 with athletics, you're right. Either like the accounts or potentially involved in fantasy football or things like that. I think that now you're going to see potential investigations more across the country, but I'm sure we can agree. You know, we know darn well that these other schools are kind of probably going to jump this up tenfold in terms of really trying to point out what is okay and what isn't. Because I'll be honest, when this came out, you know, officially Tuesday, I mean, this has been kind of under my eyes for several months now, even before the investigation. But I don't think that I would have necessarily expected this to be, you know, talked about on, on some of these national talk shows all over and specifically just kind of keying in on on the Hunter Decker's name and the quarterback. I understand it's such a major position, but it's just, you know, it's, it's a little bit unique and almost surprising stepping back here in Iowa where we're kind of in the midst of it and seeing it talked about in public guys so far all over the country, guys.
Nick, I, I know what you mentioned about the quarterback position and Decker's perhaps not being the guy. And, and of course, that remains to be seen how it works out. And, and But, man, uh, when we were at Big 12 Media Days, everybody was there, 14 teams, of course, split over two days, and I saw everybody. I saw Matt Campbell for about 50 seconds walking from one side of the field to the other, and I'm not saying they were dodging anybody because there's that breakout session, you know, when you're up on the podium – but I did not see much of them. Was that perhaps because of what they're dealing with, or, or am I wrong that I just wasn't paying attention? Yeah, you know, in, in most cases, I think that would actually make a lot of sense. But this time, quite honestly, I was down there with you guys, and, you know, I actually felt like they were out there really as much as anybody. I okay. don't think that, that was necessarily an underlying thing. I, I will say, though, you know, it was, uh, announced today kind of who we get for media day and some of the rest of availability the rest of the way until the season starts. And there, you know, I'm sure that there are kind of some levels of maybe being a little extra uh, protective of like the, the program, the guys that are involved, the guys that are not, you know, maybe not having to answer all of these questions about a few teammates or now Hunter Deckers because it has been made public. I just get this sense that I think they're really trying to be protective. And with a lot of that, even though I am a media member, I also, you know, kind of empathize with some of the relationships and looking out for 2021 20, really guys, 18 and 19 year olds now that may be further into the spotlight because of some of these punishments and results of the investigation. So I think it, it's something that Iowa state is navigating. Obviously we as media are, and it's something that, quite frankly, we haven't seen as much in the spotlight throughout our jobs the last few years. So, Nick, let's go on the field. Uh, this They had a lot high hopes for Hunter Decker uh, in his second year as, a, as the full-time starter. That's over now. Is it J.J. Cole? Is there a, a legit competition? What do you expect to see from the quarterback position as practice gets underway? Absolutely. So, yeah, it, it is, you know, by, by people I, I really trust kind of throughout these last few months, guys, it, it's a legitimate competition. Uh, it is between, you know, J.J. Cole is in it, four-star QB, J.J. Cole, a true freshman. But right now, I would say second-year man Rocco Beck, uh, Florida three-star quarterback, would be kind of the man in that top spot right now. I think that both have had really, really good six, seven months since kind of that spring ball. Even since that competition, I think that Cole provides some of those long-term, both tangibles and intangibles with his talent. His potential ceiling is really high. But I'm under the impression, you know, if the Cyclones threw on their pads and were playing a game that counted this weekend, I think that Rocco Beck would be the guy taking those first snaps. And I'll also say Juco quarterback Tanner Hughes, though I'd be very surprised if he was the guy, he is still in the mix a little bit as well. Hey, Nick, hope to have you on. And, uh, you know, Jared Stansberry was a guy that we leaned on for some of the information with the Cyclones. He recommended you, so that was a good recommendation because he's a good dude. Glad he did. Garrett Ross said hi. And, uh, in fact, Garrett, you want to say hi to him on the actually with your headset? What's up, Nick? How you doing, bro? Garrett, it's always great to hear from you. And, guys, I'm, I'm so grateful uh, for being on. That was a great call from Smokey yesterday, and I'd love to be back. We uh, – 
Hey, don't get too full of yourself now. All of a sudden, <laughs> no, I'm kidding, Nick. No, we'll be on. We'll, 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 we will be in touch. Iowa State news. We're coming to you, so be ready for that. We appreciate it. Two four seven Sports. Nick Olson with us uh, from uh, what is CycloneAlert.com, and we appreciate his time. Coming up next, here we go. We're not done an hour to go. Uh, again, the board meeting tonight in Arizona for Arizona and Arizona State and what they're going to do when it comes to the Pac-12, Big 12, and uh, what is expected is that both teams will most likely decide that they're going to join the Big 12. Earlier today, we had Jason Sheeran that said that your mark has been in touch with Robbins and also with Crow, and even recently, and some have said they've already made that agreement. But you got to go through the protocol. But also, Tim Brando, he's next, full throttle, and this is 365 Sports. Man, I'm hungry. I realized uh, that I have not eaten anything but a small little thing of Yo Play yogurt earlier today. And then went and played around a golf and not very well. But I, I just haven't eaten. And I, I, I wonder, my stomach is like churning a little bit. And that's very, like, not me because I'm always like, having lunch at a pretty good time. But I, I I could right now use a Marco's Pizza. And Marco's Pizza, you can go online to order what you want. They have different code numbers, discounts, et cetera, from, uh, you know, just a small pizza. To, if you want, I, I'm just a, I've always been a thin crust guy. I kind of like my pizza crust crispy. Uh, but you can get the regular crust. And, of course, even they have this cauliflower crust, which to me, I, I'm not sold on that, but they have it. And then, of course, pepperoni magnifico with pepperoni everywhere on the top of the pie. Plus, they have that with sausage, and they have it combined pepperoni and sausage. Marco's Pizza with Bob Mock, the owner. Five locations in Waco, Bellmead, China Spring, Hewitt, Woodway, and Robinson. Marco's Pizza, the fastest-growing pizza chain in the country. Marco's Pizza, pizza lovers get it. Looking for power, performance, adventure, or luxury? We've got it all at Alan Samuels in Waco. Find amazing deals during the Make This the Summer sales event on new Ram trucks, Jeep SUVs, Chrysler sedans, minivans, or a sporty Dodge. At Alan Samuels, we're committed to taking care of our customers. And that means a large inventory on hand for you to choose from. Shop DCJ.com or come see us today at Alan Samuels in Waco. Come by. Let's be friends. Three Nations Brewing Company has 16 different beers on draft with a new beer every Friday. It also offers two air-conditioned tap rooms, a large indoor beer hall, a second-floor mezzanine offering a great overview of the brewing company and equipment and patio where you can relax under the shade. Plus, you can now experience the new Three Nations Beer Garden Grill on our shaded patio. Grab a cold beer and enjoy a bite from our freshly prepared and delicious menu. Street tacos, quesadillas, freshly cooked burgers and dogs, and veggie burgers, too. Nachos and and so much more all prepared and cooked on site. So come visit the award-winning Three Nations Brewing Company on East Vandergrift off I-35 in Carrollton. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Stop by and see our agents at one of our three McLennan County locations. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. 
Custom Marketplace is your hometown grocery store with a full-service butcher shop and baker. Hi, this is David Smoke. The butcher shop can take your customized orders for seafood, pork, and poultry and custom cut your favorite steaks from bacon-wrapped fillets to T-bone to bone-and ribeyes. Cut specifically the way you want. They have Norwegian salmon fillets, catfish fillets, sliced ham or turkey and lunch meat, variety of cheese available, and several options of sausage links. Fresh chicken breast or whole chickens, sliced bacon, pork chops, ground beef, marinated beef, and chicken fajitas, and always large briskets available, plus fresh vegetables. So the great product, customer service, and family tradition of the Bauer family continues at Waco Custom Marketplace, open Monday through Saturday. A full-service butcher shop and bakery available. Waco Custom Marketplace, 425 Lake Air Drive in Waco, or WacoCustomMarketplace.com. It takes time to reach goals. It's a truth that applies to more than sports. It goes for your financial goals as well. You work hard for your money and you deserve an investment strategy that lines up with your game plan. And Chuck Verno, your Edward Jones financial advisor can help. If financial investments aren't putting forth the effort you desire, stop by today for a financial review. Chuck Verno, 720 North 64th Street in Waco, 254-732-1161. Edward Jones, member SIPC. is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. The 5 o'clock hour is brought to you by Edward Jones and financial advisor Cam Heathcott. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Now here's David Smoke and Paul Catalina. 365 Sports, we'll have Tim Brando, Fox Sports here momentarily. And... uh, we will take you up until a little bit after 6 o'clock. Again, remember now that Arizona and Arizona State will have their board meeting tonight. Washington has called one for later on tonight. And I've been kind of monitoring those who cover specific programs. We will be back at it again tomorrow, no matter what happens tonight, if in fact it is what everyone seems to think is happening with the additions of Arizona and Arizona State. We will see and then, of course, have the reaction tomorrow. When Colorado did theirs, it was the next day. I think, wasn't it, Paul, Wednesday's when it popped. Thursday is when it became official. Yes. Last week. And so we'll be doing that uh, here in just a moment. Tim Brando will join us. Yeah, I don't have him yet. I'll, uh, we'll keep trying. He's, he's very prompt when he, when he does get the message. So We'll have to scold him. I don't think so. I think this is, this is you know, he's been a little bit later before, so... I think he's probably doing a lot of these. No, I I, I know he is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know he's the one that called Colorado a long, long time ago, and uh, it, he gave out his top ten earlier today. We're not we're, okay. We'll do the yeah. sneak peek until he calls us back. Michigan. You know, there's a lot with a Georgia, and you you still see an Alabama, or you'll see Ohio State, but Michigan one, Georgia two, Oregon. At three, LSU and Ohio State, four, five, Alabama, Kansas State, great respect for Chris Kleiman and the Wildcats, Clemson, Penn State, and how about Tulane coming in with Willie Fritz after the win against Southern Cal in the Cotton Bowl at number 10? Timmy B with a little extra Cajun on that uh, 
on that top 10 this year with Tulane and LSU in there. For a Louisiana, I mean, one of the favorite sons of Louisiana, you expect nothing less. But no, Tulane, um, Tajay Spears is a loss, but they still bring back Pratt, and they're still going to be really good in the AAC. Uh, they still have Willie Fritz. They, I, I don't expect them to be any different, really, than they were last year. Um, I was hoping to see FSU in there, but the two teams that FSU will probably lose to now that they've gotten out over their skis, uh, LSU and Clemson are in that, and they play them in the first month. So either LSU and Clemson are out of that top 10 and FSU's in it, or he's exactly right. Because that's what that's the next step that FSU would have to take is Mike Norvell actually beating those teams that they're that to above them to take that step. Would Florida State, if the ACC called them and or ESPN and said, "Okay, we'll let you leave, but run the table," but if you don't, shut up, and they might tell them to shut up anyway. So that would mean going fifteen and zero. And hey, winning I, the the national championship, you want out of the conference? Don't lose a game. Yeah, you know I would I would enjoy that ride, but that is that's uh that's a little bit of Thelma. So that Louise. means you have to beat Clemson. You have to beat Florida. Yeah, you got to beat uh, LSU. <laughs> you have to beat LSU and Clemson. Here's the thing about FSU schedule. You're going to know. By the way, this is uh, brought to you by and sponsored by Florida no. State University in Tallahassee. Bottom, bottom line, though, you're going to know if they're for real after the first month because they have LSU and Clemson. So if they go two, God, and, we do a lot of similar if stuff. They, if they go two and zero against the Tigers, then that's what I'm saying. Then they're they're hey, for real. They if set not, up, then, then they'll lose to NC State or something mm-hmm. like that. I, I did reach out to Tim. All right, while we wait for Tim to call us back. Uh, okay, we'll try it one more time. I was going to try to get you. Um, I, can't, I was going to try to get to the super chat, but I'm having issues with my screen. All right, Hugh Cat. The other day, I was watching another show. I think it was uh, on YouTube, Monty, with uh, with my six year old granddaughter in the room. I had to turn it off because of the cursing. They are not very respectful. Oh, I didn't mean to say that about Monty, but I was thought I thought he was talking about his granddaughter. I got got that one backwards. Um. Charles Pyle, I know players leave each year, but if you're, you are the champions, you should stay number one until someone knocks you off. I've always thought about that, but what if you have like a four-year starter at quarterback, even though you reload? You know, it, 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 I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's not supposed to be what you did last year. It's what you're doing and who you are this year. And, and a lot of times, if you were really good last year, there's some teams that just graduate so much they cannot like at some point, Georgia, no one's done it three years in a row in no. the history of ever. And but that doesn't mean they won't be the first. No, but it is. Uh, it does get harder. And the other thing is, teams around you get better. So that if you ever, you know, they're waiting for you to slip up just once, and it's hard to keep a three-year winning streak going. It's just hard because you know you may not have the set. Like Georgia's going to have great. They're going to have another ten. Guys drafted in the first three rounds this year. That's that's not even a question that that's going to happen. And if they lose a couple games, I don't think it changes my opinion of them. It just means that when you're the two-time defending national champion, the bullseye gets a thousand times bigger. No, yeah, people get fired. Like you are, you are already most teams' biggest game. Now you're even bigger that you have that on you. So yeah, and. It gets harder to appreciate each game the longer the winning streak goes. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, or, or 
because man, I tell you what, I wish I would have appreciated it a lot as a more player, than I did. As a play, young yeah, player, no, I, I really. Uh, from Hugh Cat, thank you very much for the comment about our show. We appreciate that with what we do and bring to the table. Many of you, we've had an incredible amount of people watching for the last, well, for three and a half years. And then, of course, the last week has been unbelievable, hair on fire. And speaking of that, true serum, uh, transparency, honesty, Tim Brando, Fox Sports joins us, our great friend on 365 Sports. Well, Tim... Colorado last week, and it might be one, two, or three more maybe this week with the the Big 12 and the Arizona schools, huh? Look that way, and and uh, this, this is really playing out, David, the, the way we thought it might. And uh, we detailed months ago here on your show. And uh, I, it, um, uh, the, the Washington-Oregon thing, uh, potentially with the Big 10, when I saw that that report came out, uh, yesterday, earlier in the day, I, I thought, okay, well, now people are talking because the, the presidents of these schools uh, clearly in contact one another with, uh, you know, their own survival. You know, they're talking to one another to make sure that they can cover their financial nuts for the long-term future, you know, beyond this season. Uh, when you're in charge and these athletic directors uh, are financially along with the presidents of the universities. And, and you know that uh, you're now 12 months out from not knowing how much money you're going to be getting and where you can expect that money to be coming from. Uh, then you get, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're getting panicky. And, and uh, that's, that's what's bringing all this on. And just about every time we've seen realignment, uh, the air of panic has been there for a number of, of schools in the aftermath of uh, progressive moves being made by other schools <clears throat> and and other conferences. So, yeah, I mean, this is this is pretty much the way we laid it out. Tim, uh, you had talked, especially we talked at length last week when you were on the show about the way that the Big 12 schools or ACC, SEC, even Big 10 approach athletics compared to quite a few of the Pac-12 schools and that it is just not that big a deal. And I think that we've kind of seen that play out from the at least the top of this executive committee and the presidents in that there are some schools that got a harsh dose of reality about how little they were worth because they just assumed that it wasn't as big a deal and things would happen the right way for them, didn't they? Well, I think what they're finding out, and for all the criticism of USC, uh, through the years, and especially uh, in the aftermath of um, some coaching firings that have taken place before Lincoln Riley got there, uh, the grim reality for even programs like Oregon and like Washington that have in the last handful of years, really the last decade, have been more successful uh, than USC in terms of winning championships and you know, having opportunities in the college football playoff, you know, Oregon and Washington have both gone. Uh, Oregon got to the finals in the first year of the CFP, and uh, Washington's been in there twice. So when you look at it from that perspective, they'd like to think that they are on par with USC, and the truth is they never have been. USC has been carrying the water for that league for a long time, uh, and especially from a television standpoint they outrate every other school by a large margin. And I don't know that any of their leadership really took a long 
Look at that. Washington is the second highest rated school in the Pac-12. Oregon is the third. There was a period when Oregon was ahead of Washington in the days of Marcus Mariota in, in, in the mid-2000s. Teens in 2014, uh, 15. That that during that period, uh, but USC, whether they are good or bad, are going to get the biggest uh, games in the in the best time slots because more eyeballs come to those games. Now they haven't done much with it. You know the Trojans have not been terribly successful. I mean they are in a lot of ways the West Coast version of Texas. You know more brand than brawn. Uh, but the, the truth is, USC kind of knew where they were. And their credit, they decided to maximize uh, financially their, their position. And, and the Big Ten was ready to go. And, and, and uh, UCLA was fortunate to be in the same market so they could hitch their wagon to them. And UCLA, I think, is probably the fifth highest rated team. They're not, you know, they're not in the doldrums, but they're, they're certainly not. You know, Oregon State or Washington State or uh, Cal and Stanford—they they, they don't fall into that category. So, yeah, they're they're finding out now. You know, that that all that money that was coming in so easily for them, they can really thank USC for. And when USC bolted, they became exceedingly vulnerable, and they failed to understand that. To me, that's just the lack of leadership on the part of the those schools when it comes to uh, what athletics is worth. And, and how you should treat the money that you make from athletics as it relates to uh, the long-term future of the institution. Um, so but you're right. I mean, there's no denying uh, the Big 12 uh, had a football environment and an atmosphere in it that the Pac-12 did not have, does not have, may never have. Uh, and uh, even though they don't have schools that traditionally get a lot of eyeballs to television sets, they present a product where it's obvious that the schools care and the conference cares. And, and so then here they are now. I mean, think about it. Colorado, for all that they don't deliver in terms of product, I mean, their team <laughs> barely won games last year. But, you know, they deliver the Denver market, which is great for the Big 12. I mean, great. And it's one of the reasons, along with Dion, that they, they come in guns a-blazing with a lot of heat and a lot of a lot of interest for people to watch games involving the Colorado Buffalo. Tim, I cannot imagine college football in the future, whether it's in two, five, or seven years, that doesn't include a chance for Washington and Oregon to compete for a national title. But because of the news of this week and last week, and then there was a story about the Big Ten has kind of had this committee looking at what they're going to do. They've, I think they've already vetted Washington and Oregon. What's going to happen with them, in your opinion? I think they're going to wind up in the Big Ten. I do. Uh, I, I, like, and we, I'll go back again. I, I said that this would bring a chain of events. Dominoes would fall. And that you'd see the corner schools. You'd see Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, follow Colorado. I still believe that will happen. Now, I don't know that it will happen this year. Uh, it, it, it could. I mean, it could. Um uh, but I but I definitely believe that uh, with the Big Ten now actively vetting those schools, Washington and Oregon, then you know what's what's left. It's now if you're Washington State and you're Oregon State, uh, you're you're getting in touch with people at Fresno and San Diego State, 
finding out if um, you know if they can form an alliance to bolster and, and make the Mountain West a, a bigger and better and more viable conference. You know, San Diego State, uh, you know, had that letter, then turned the letter back in. Apparently, had to pay, uh, you know, up to seventeen million, not all at once, but over a period of time to, to win their way back in the Mountain West when they knew the Pac-12 wasn't ready yet. That they had no TV deal, you know that's that's another sidebar story that's been taking place. So, uh, I, yeah, I definitely believe that uh, the wheels have now turned to a point where uh, the Pac-12 is in deep, deep trouble. Here, the, the issue is this, fellas: if you are the uh, athletic director or the president of a major university, you're probably David, my age or your age or mm-hmm. older. Okay. Uh, and when you go back to your board of supervisors, board of regions, whatever you want to call them, and say, okay, here's the TV deal that George Pliotkov's given us. It's, uh, it's Apple-centric, okay? Well, you know, if you're 60-plus years old and you're telling me that you're not going to be on Fox, you're not going to be on ESPN, you're not going to be on NBC, you're not going to be on CBS, you're not going to be on – you're going to be on Apple TV, that doesn't register with your people. <laughs> it just doesn't. Now I know digital television is the future and a lot of networks clearly have invested heavily into it. ESPN heavily invested much more so than Fox, but I mean, they, there's, there's no doubt there's a, a place for it. Uh, we found that out last year with the NFL on Thursday nights, but what else did we find out from that experience on Thursday nights in the NFL? They got about half as many viewers on those games as they did when they were on Fox or on CBS on Thursday nights. You know, so, uh, yeah, you might get the money, but you may not get the exposure. And in this case, I think it's for the Pac-12, it's a combination of both. You're not getting nearly as much exposure, and your money is, based on what they're telling you, is incentive-based. Oh, it could be this if we can prove we've got that many people watching. You think those athletic directors and presidents mm. want to go in and talk about, well, we might get this, and we could get that, but we're not sure if we're getting even this. That doesn't go well with your with your leadership uh, in a major institution. Not when you're accustomed to getting big time checks, rolling up to the game, and going into your suite, knowing you can turn on the monitor, and uh, your games are either going to be on Fox, FS1, ABC, ESPN, The Deuce, or you know any other network that you have been getting traditionally on network television or cable television. How about did if the the Apple Plus Brett McMurphy had this story today that Apple Plus basically said you have until Friday or they're going to pull the offer? Can you Can you Yeah, I could too, I could. but can you imagine what if they knew that what if Klyovkov knew that like 2 months ago but then only gave up the details Tuesday of this week? Well, he might that might have been the plan to have them backed into a corner. So that they would have really no other option. But the truth is, if due diligence has been practiced by these presidents and these athletic directors, and I believe that it has, then they know they've got options, and they are exercising those options as we speak. Um, look, they—I've met George, and I like him. I, I think he's a, a good man, but he just got outplayed big time by your mark. And um, you know, this notion—well, we're going to do our TV deal later. Why? Because you thought the economy was going to get better? The economy got worse. You know, probably the smartest thing Yormark did was cut his deal 
when he did because he knew that there was, after all the money spent by ESPN on the SEC, all the money spent by Fox on the Big Ten, there was only so much to go after. There was only so much money in that uh, right fee bank, so to speak. And he went in and tapped the market, uh, and he got out ahead of the Pac-12. He did his deal a year early. And once that money was spent, then uh, the Pac-12 was in a world of hurt. And and and, and Top was thinking, I don't know, maybe there was going to be a sudden change in our nation's economy and the buying market would be different. No, it's not. I mean, uh, television is not like, I mean, we're, we're just like anybody else. The market is soft. Budget cuts are happening across the board. Major layoffs of some premier talent is taking place at ESPN. It's being well-documented. I mean, you, you've got to be asleep at the switch if you don't see that. And that's what I think happened to the Pac-12. Yeah, I, I'm kind of surprised they didn't, especially considering that one of their two of their schools are right there in Silicon Valley, didn't understand that when big corporations have problems in other realms that may not have anything to do with sports, you know, all the money's in the same big pot, you know. So when it comes to prioritizing things, the Pac-12 getting a TV deal is probably not as important to Disney as figuring out all of the things that have hit the wall across the board, not just ESPN, but across the right. board. And that's yeah. another thing that kind of surprised me is that, look, none of those things are the Pac-12's fault, that the, you know, the actors and the writers are on strike, and that's one thing they have to deal with, that, you know, streaming services exploded with content and most of it didn't pay off. That's not their fault. But you still have to read the tea leaves a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, in in, in our business, and that's you know, the sports television business now is a big, big deal because uh, more people are tuning in to network television. I, I I get such a kick out of fans when they call in, and you hear it from time to time on radio shows and whatnot, and they'll say, "My God, it's just a disaster! What's going on? It's awful." And don't you think pretty soon we're going to have to be paying for all these games? And I'm like, wait a minute. Have you not checked your your allocation of funds that have been going to cable television since mm-hmm. uh, the subscriber fees you've been paying for ESPN all these years? Have you not checked that out? People, people think that, you know, when they're watching their cable television, that they're getting this stuff for free, and they're not. They're not. They haven't been for a long time but you know it's just no it's not a disaster it's it's you know getting games on and there's you know talk that ESPN may be free and the new if Disney does downsize and, and they sell and that's their business we'll see what happens but um, that maybe in the future that they'll be uh, separate of the rest of the cable channels that they have uh, that may be the case maybe it's time to do that I don't know it's their business not mine but but Look, uh, the good news here, and I've said this for a long time, is that network television is going further and further away from dramatic programming. And this is the issue that they have out in Hollywood now. Um, All the great shows that people are watching, even people my age, they're watching them on Peacock. They're watching them on Paramount Plus. They're watching them on Prime Video. They're watching them on Netflix. They're not watching the garbage that's on network television anymore. They're not. So what is network television doing? They're putting more games on in prime time. Okay, they are. And Fox does more of it than anybody. All right, we we have what I think maybe is, is Tim Allen's show still on? I'm not sure. 
If it is, it's probably the only one anybody watches on Fox now. Okay? What what everybody's watching on Fox is World Cup, Major League Baseball, the NFL, college football, college basketball. That's what's on. That's where they're taking their product. They're putting it on Big Five. And eyeballs are following. And uh, because they're not heavily invested into the the digital world, um, they, they, they really don't have to they don't have enough to cover the same as, as Disney does or as Viacom does or other uh, companies, uh, Time Warner, any of those that, that recently sold. I think Time Warner recently sold. But still, um, it's been a smart business move um, for, by the people I work for to do what they've done. Basically, Fox is in the news business with its cable news, and it's in the sports business with its over-the-air network. That's what Fox is. And those games are available to people for free. And I, and I still think all the great championship games uh, and the deals you see done from college football playoff, the NCAA tournament, by and large, those games are going to be there for people to see on over-the-air networks for a while. But when people complain about, oh, my God, we're going to have to pay more for this, you're already paying. And you've been paying <laughs> for quite some time. You just don't look at it that way because uh, you've been doing it for so long uh, you're numb to the idea of, oh, that's the cable bill. Well, all, all streaming <laughs> yeah. really did, like ESPN Plus was find a way for you to get to pay per pay per view every week as opposed to yeah. once right. in a while right. when and it built up. Exactly. And they, and their, their idea there was to, their idea was to get people accustomed to doing that. And in truth, that meant they were going to take a loss and they have taken some serious losses because of the investment they made into that. But they really believe, and, and in time, it will be very, very good for them. Uh, I don't think there's any question that the future uh, is in streaming. There's no doubt about that. I'm not trying to, 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 to throw streaming under the bus at all. I think that there's a great future for it. But right now, if you're the Pac-12 and you're trying to sell streaming as your main girl, that this is your primary carrier, versus Fox and ESPN, which is what the Big 12 has, I'm sorry. You're not ready for prime time coming with an offer like that. Yeah, it's been a disaster. Uh, and and they, and some things worked against him, but wouldn't you say this is a self-inflicted wound or maybe worse yeah. for the Pac-12? Yeah. yeah, it's definitely self-inflicted. And the signs of this happening, I think, were there for all of us to see during COVID, that their presidents uh, – and their leadership was not, they were asleep at the wheel during that. Uh, they almost let that season get entirely by them. Uh, what was it? The, the uh, Pac-12 champion that year was Oregon. They went 3-2, and two, I think. Mm-hmm. If I correctly, they beat USC in the Pac-12 title game. Uh, yeah, uh, they, they, they were asleep at the wheel during that. Uh, and since that particular time, and everybody took a bath, during the COVID year, everybody lost money. And that's the other thing. Um, the networks were cutting budgets and, you know, since that happened, you've seen, what have you seen? You've seen more games being done from, with announcers, not at the games, but in a studio somewhere, you know, all that is a byproduct of the financial strain from a production standpoint, the networks were put in with the money going out for right fees and, having to deal with COVID and all that COVID brought on everyone from a travel standpoint, from a personnel standpoint, how do we, how do we manage to get this season in? 
And, you know, college football's credit, especially I think the SEC and the Big 12, those two leagues helped get that, helped get us through 2020. But it wasn't without uh, a lot of pain, taking work, and a lot of lost revenue. There was plenty of both. Tim, can you give us any insight into what Florida State and any other ACC team strategy might be to get out of a 12 to 13 year grant of rights? Uh, and- I, I, yeah, I, I listen, I, Florida State president at least was being candid and he was being transparent, and I applaud him, but what the hell is he going to do? I mean, he signed a grant of rights that is very costly. I don't know how you get out of that. I mean, I, I really don't. Um, the, the only the only out, we were talking about the Pac-12 situation. Uh, someone wrote a column recently. It might have been in The Athletic. Could have been a could have been Stu Mandel. Uh, and maybe because he's a Pac-12 guy and a, uh, that went to Northwestern and he, he follows Cal closely because he's out in Berkeley. Uh, and I like Stu. I don't always agree with him, but I like I like him. I know he cares about college football. He seems to think that 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 possibly the uh, what's left of the Pac-12 could strike a deal with Jim Phillips and the ACC to help bolster the payout from ESPN so that they could at least rival what the Big 12 is making in the future. And it sounds like a reasonable idea, but I just don't know. Again as you were mentioning, uh, fellas, that, that uh, the mission of, the, of every university is different. And the mission of the schools in the ACC uh, may not match up at all with those left over in the, in the Pac-12. You know, it's, politics are different uh, along the Atlantic seaboard and especially in the southern sphere of the Atlantic seaboard uh, from that of, um, you know, Silicon Valley and um, – and the state of Washington. Okay, those are politically, those are states that are far, far apart. Tim, uh, with your, thank you for your time, but I want to get to your top ten. I saw that it was released. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's always something that some people yeah. like, like want to go and slam their head between a door and a, and a wall. But, <laughs> but I, here's what we said. We mentioned it earlier, and we have it up on the screen. What I uh-huh. love about it is it's not just falling into place like, you know what? It's nice to be a little bit unique. Not that there aren't some dogs right there at the beginning, but I, I you yeah. know, it's it, it's it's it, to me. I'm not going to say it doesn't make sense because I don't know. But you want to go through your top ten? Well, let, let me just uh, let, again. I have to remind people of this all the time. It's like having to remind fans that uh, uh, <laughs> college football is not run by the NCAA. Okay. You know, NCAA, I'm like, no, they don't. They, they, they lost the Supreme Court ruling in 1984. That's why the College Football Association was born. It's why the networks make deals with conferences and not with the NCAA. All that. People forget. People always forget, David, when I put out this top ten. And I, you know, I started it when I had my own show. And I kept doing it after I stopped doing my own show. Feinbaum had me do it. And now, you know, I did it on uh, Crane and Company yesterday. I really like Jake. They do a nice job with their show each morning. Um, on Daily Wire, but my poll is not a starting grid, okay? It's not going to look like any other poll because I'm not projecting where teams deserve to start the season. I mean, all these polls you look at, and the USA Today, uh, Lindy's, um, you know, name the top ten that you that you look at, okay? 24-7 this and all that, okay? They all put out polls based on 
where they think teams should start the season ranked. Okay. And look, television buys into it because the networks use those rankings. Sure they do. So, I mean, look, we're guilty of using it. So that's just the nature historically of college football. My poll is the antichrist of that. <laughs> uh, mine mine is, is, is where teams finish. I, I'm projecting with my poll where I believe teams will finish. In other words, one through four are going to be in the playoffs. All right? But that doesn't mean that all four will have won their conferences. For example, a guy wrote today on some website, uh, I presume Brando thinks LSU is going to win the SEC championship or that they'll play for the SEC championship against Georgia. That's not true. I never said that. I believe LSU could very easily lose to Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Okay. And then Alabama could get absolutely hammered by Georgia in the SEC championship, and that could be Alabama's second loss. Well, if that's Alabama's second loss, and LSU's had a great year, they only lost the one game in Tuscaloosa, and they beat Florida State to open their year, that's a non-conference game they don't have to play. I mean, that's a non-conference game they don't have to play, and they're playing it in the state of Florida. Then it's reasonable to assume that LSU could jump into the college football playoff in, in the four spot and not even play for the SEC title. Hell, Alabama did that one year. They played in the BCS in a rematch with LSU when they didn't even play in the conference championship game. It was LSU and Georgia that played in that game. And yet, uh, Alabama got the rematch against LSU for the national title when Oklahoma State lost that Thursday night game to Iowa State. Remember that? I mean, that happened in 2011. Yep. So, so we've seen this thing before. It's happened before. It, it should be understood that when you see my four teams, it doesn't mean that all four won their league or that if they even played for their league championship. Uh, Tulane, I've got at number 10 because I believe Tulane is the best team outside the so-called Power Five, even with the losses. They lost their great running back and forth. They've got a great recruiting class coming in. I think they're going to win the American again. And by the way, when you win that league, that means you play some really good teams. They'll have to beat UTSA which I believe is another great team. Okay, I think Jeff Traylor's got a hell of a team. They're they're on the they're in my group of teams just out. I've got I've got UTSA as as, as one of those teams. I think UTSA can beat Houston uh, to open the season. I, I, I believe that in Houston. So, you know, I I'm not, I'm not going to go with what everybody else does. My my top 10 is way the way I believe they will finish the season, not where they deserve to be on a starting grid because of their damn brand names. Okay. It's about time fellas that people realize there are 133 division one college football programs in this country. And by God, I am not going to diminish the play of those teams that are outside the power five. As long as I'm talking college football, you can rest assured that whether it's Tulane or it's UCF or it's Cincinnati or it's, even Kansas State out of the Big 12. Some people have problems with me picking Kansas State. Why on earth would you have a problem with me picking Kansas State? Last year, I picked Baylor. I was wrong. Baylor wasn't the team from the Big 12. It was TCU. But some team like that is always going to make a run. And this year, I believe Kansas State will return enough, and Kleiman's a good enough coach, 
And yeah, I think they'll beat Texas at Texas. Why the hell does Texas automatically get put at the top every year or near the top every year because they're Texas? So what? You, you think they'll get through the Big 12 unscathed this year with the target they're going to carry on their backs? Forget about it. Kansas State is a team that's worthy of being number seven in the country. And I believe at the end, they'll find their way to number seven. But Tim, the, the rule on Texas is it was a papal edict a very long time ago. So, you know. <laughs> well, it's like, the guy just said, he said, you know, Brando has disdain for the university. No, I don't have disdain for the university. The facts are what the facts are. They've not won anything since 09. Okay, they've had three losing seasons in a handful of years, and every summer, all of a sudden, they skyrocket back to the top of the preseason rankings. Sorry, I watch college football. Other people with these rankings don't. That's obvious. <laughs> oh, the, the chat room is just on fire. I mean, from they love it to having, like, Tim finally is someone with common sense. <laughs> <laughs> And then there's others, of course, which is part of being in broadcasting as well. Man, we, Isn't that the truth? We love the segment, Tim. Thank you. For, how's your golf game? Well, you know what? I'm getting in as many as I can because I'm going next week to St. Jude. I'm going to play in the Celeb-Am and Pro-Am at the uh, St. Jude World Golf Association uh, get-together. It's such a blast, and I mm. uh, can't wait to get back. I'm going to play the, the great course uh, in Colliersville, too. That's where the Celebrity-Am is going to take place. And uh, so I'm. Uh, uh, my home course is closed this week. They had to punch the greens, but I went out and hit some balls at another place uh, today, and I'll go back out again tomorrow. Um, I'm going to try to drive, at least drive for show in front of the folks when I'm in Memphis because um, there's nothing worse than getting in front of people and hitting yanks and shanks. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> you I, can't yeah. do that. you got to at least somewhere, as Bing Crosby once said, uh, in a beautiful song right down the middle. I'm going to try to get it right down the middle, <laughs> at least on the gallery hole. You know? I, I played in a pro-am back in the day in Tyler. It was the Eisenhower Golf Classic in between the Nelson and Colonial. And for one year, uh-huh. I was asked by, by the way, a former Arizona State president, George Ham, who was at uh, UT uh, Tyler, he said, uh-huh. he want, we want you to be on a team. And I was scared. To de- I'm pretty good, you know, like right now. But I was a little bit nervous. And I'll never forget, somebody gave me, one of the pros that I'd done an interview with the night before, this big gala, he said, don't hit your driver. I said, why not? He goes, hit the club that you know you're going to get airborne. Not that you won't, but airborne and straighter. And I hit my three wood, and I just had this little draw down the middle and almost peed in my pants. I was so happy. I was so happy. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And by the way, Unless they got a shot tracer on you, they don't know how far it went. That's exactly you know right. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Appreciate your time. Fun time. All right, fellas. Tim Brando, Fox Sports with us. Appreciate the, the times he's given us to be a part of the show. So you know how they get me to golf tournaments? Because I don't play anymore since yeah, I was Yeah, comedy. Used. You did a comedy. Yeah, kind of, so I did that. Uh, that was a cool thing. I can't wait to do that again. Um, I do have to uh, set some rules on the rest of my crew on how much they're allowed to enjoy the between jokes drinks but that's kind of how they get me like listen come out here and hang out in the clubhouse or like ride around in the course and like rib people that's how they get me because um i uh in an attempt to kind of quell some rage 
decided not to play golf anymore because no matter how much I tried and worked at it, it's just a thing I could not master. And not many people do, but I wasn't even good enough. Like I was embarrassed to play with people because I would play with people who were shooting 100 and I'm shooting 115. And it was those 15 strokes where I'm like, sorry, guys. And then I just started getting frustrated. So now I just appreciate golf for what it is. And I, I enjoy going. I love I just watching don't go playing. it. And yeah. I, I play a lot. I played this morning. Didn't play great. In the back nine, I got a little bit wobbly uh, only because I, I hadn't played for a couple of weeks. But I, I love the sport. Either you play it or you don't. You either enjoy it or you don't. Do you, I have to fix my YouTube screen. Yeah, well, that's, you know what? You may have to go see Dow. Just call Dow and he'll All right, hook you up. Let me up. explain this to you, uh, as uh, please. One of you viewers that uh, so smart, everybody's smarter than me when it comes to this. And Paul's top five around the corner. So I have this YouTube and it pops up. You click it, three sixty five sports, whatever, and it shows up. And I've had this where the screen is here, where like the show, but the main part of the chat room is on the right hand side. Garrett, do you understand what I'm saying here? The kind chat of. room is you who are. Staying in touch with us with all your opinions. And some of you are just going about your business, not even watching us, but you're in the chat room. But the chat room is on the bottom kind of side right-hand corner. See, that's what mine looks like. Let me see. see? Look, you can see like mine. That. That's the way it looks. looks. like that. Mine yeah. right now is the screen, and then the chat is underneath. Like that. And it's larger, and it's underneath instead of what... You have, which is what I did have. I've, I've been looking at every setting I can think of. All right, let's do I I have two, and, it, and I'm going to have and to just, maybe I'll just have to run a scan or something like that. But help me out with this. Okay, so even when I go into theater mode, the chat just moves down. Yeah. And then I can pop click, out click, click the three dots for the chat and pin it. Okay, oh, my God. I mean, we might do it we says participants that. pop out chat toggle timestamps and send no. feedback. Yeah, so no, that's you're we tried in theater mode. Tetyo Gigi, thank you. Um, yeah, but his theater mode's weird. Buy a new computer. How screwed is Pitt and conference realignment? That's just off the <laughs> reduce the size of your screen. Zoom down in settings until the chat shows up. Hit default. Download more RAM. When in doubt, reboot. What, where's the? Uh, where, no, I'm not. We've done that. We've what done is that. the one about? Wait a minute. We don't go. Don't don't let me lose that one. Um, small rectangle bot. The small rectangular button. I thought we did that one. The small rectangular button. All right, this is bad TV. All yes. Right, we're gonna come back. Uh, do we have any super chats? Because I can't find them now. Okay. Yeah, we do. Uh, by the way, we're gonna do break eight next, Smokey. Uh, we. Oh, all right, okay. Wait a minute. I saw where Dennis Haiti. Where'd I go? Where'd it go? You have to hold down the control button and use the mouse wheel to scroll in and out. The control button. I don't know. All right. Wow. We're going to figure this out. Yeah. This is 365 Sports. Unite Private Networks. They are, I'll just call them, they're heroes of ours. We, uh, you might have heard me talk about it before. If you have not, and you wonder why I'm talking about Unite Private Networks, we had a different internet provider for our business, and that's what they do. They provide business internet. We had a different group, and we were sharing internet all around this neighborhood. So we had one problem where 
At the same time every day, our show would go off the air at 3.43 p.m. every single day. So we called our provider, and we sat on hold for a great amount of time. And they came down here a couple of times. They're like, yeah, we don't know what's going on. Somebody else in the neighborhood is, you know, loading up the thing. Well, if we go off the air, that's lost revenue for us. If your business goes off the line, that's lost revenue for you. In today's world, lost internet lost revenue. They're the same thing. If you're running a restaurant and your internet goes out, guess what happens? You can't run credit cards anymore, can you? You can't scan a lot of these things in. It is a necessity for life, and why not have the best-in-class private fiber network from UPN? They're in markets all over the country. They're here in Waco. They're all over. You can go to UnitePrivateNetworks.com and find out where they are. They have 99% customer retention, 98% customer satisfaction, 98% on-time installation. They own 100% of the network so when you call customer service you're not winding through something you get somebody on your account right away the problem's fixed within 20 minutes do you know how many times i wished our problem was fixed within 20 minutes we could have been back on the air but no one time we had to go off the air an hour early uh, at five o'clock because we couldn't get our provider on the phone i was just sitting on hold saying curse words into the ether because that's all i could do but unite private networks they are absolutely fantastic they can custom design what you need they can uh they can build their, your account around you so many different custom tailored solutions to your business from unite private networks find out more at UnitePrivateNetworks.com, or if you're here in waco call my buddy ace 254-803-7070 the future's bright The time is now College is what you make it It's a late night pizza run And all nighters coding a new project It's having big dreams And making them a reality It's a professor who knows your name And your story It's preparation for your future Your calling, your life And at Baylor, it's even more Baylor, where lights shine bright Stepping into the boots of a U.S. Army officer can add confidence and leadership skills to your son or daughter's career path. See all the things they can achieve in our boots at GoArmy.com. U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company, 254-598-8131 or 254-776-1543. Pizza, burgers, and Bears football. There's no place around Waco that serves them all other than Bubba's 33. Come show your green and gold and enjoy some of Waco's best food and beverages while watching your favorite team, the Bears. When real Bears fans get hungry, Bubba's 33 is the number one spot for ice-cold drinks, hand-stretched, stone-baked pizzas, and bacon-infused burgers. Join us for indoor or patio dining. Bubba's 33, Waco's restaurant and proud supporter of Baylor Bears football. Sick'em, Bears. Where is the best beef in Texas? Your house when you order from Texas Beef House. Unleash the flavor of Texas-raised Wagyu from our pasture to your plate at TexasBeefHouse.com. Samantha Duvall joins us. She's the marketing director who knows all of the specials and also the events coming up. And thank you very much, as always, for your time. So all of these holidays are over. We've hit the meat of, literally, of the summer. And your thoughts about as you hit the month of August and into football season, Samantha? Football season's right around the corner, so means it's perfect time for tailgating and um, the best time to grab our hamburger patties is right now through the end of july we still have our sale going on with our regular patties and our jalapeno and cheese patties they're 12 dollars a package so that's four patties to a package it's perfect for the time for football 
gather all your family around. That way you can grill it up. Where's the best beef in Texas? Your house. When you order from Texas Beef House, unleash the flavor of Texas raised Wagyu and how they age it as well. From our pasture to your plate, TexasBeefHouse.com. There are 26 letters in the alphabet, over 600,000 words in the dictionary, and just three of them said together can change everything. Let's order pizza. Those three words lead to dough made from scratch and three fresh signature cheeses that blanket golden crust in a heavenly melt on Marco's Pizza that'll blow your mind. So visit Marco's.com to order and stop by Marco's Pizza in Bellmead, China Spring, Woodway, and in Robinson. Marco's. Pizza lovers get it. It's time for Paul Catalina's Top 5 Brought to you by Texas Beef House Where's the best beef in Texas? Your house when you order from Texas Beef House Unleash the flavor of Texas raised Wagyu From our pasture to your plate TexasBeefHouse.com I got it. He I got, got it. it. No, he didn't get crap. I got it. You didn't get anything. It's my screen is right. It what is. happened is Paul said, go up. I had been somehow zoomed in so far. Thank you to everybody. He went up to the little things up in the top wording that says file, edit, view. And I kept having to zoom out and out and out, right? Yes. Okay. You were zoomed in. That's a lot of drama. We we had... I feel like... You know what you were Cal zoomed in? Washington State. So up. we had a boss... Uh, named Bill at a radio station who is legally blind, but not blind blind. Like he can see a little. I don't know how he was able to drive. It was I got in the car with him a couple of times. It was um, honestly uh, a panic inducing affair, more so than even driving with you, because with you you can see where you're going. He couldn't. It was just which like, is more of an excuse. <laughs> that I'm, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, but. He would. He had this the zoom on his computer. I remember one time he called me in to like show me some things that I had to do, and the zoom on his computer was so wide I couldn't read the whole sentence. <laughs> like so, I'm reading these instructions, and it was like four words, and then it's not even a whole sentence. It was that that we almost had that uh, there. So anyway, let's go to the uh, uh, the top five top five realignment questions I have today, and I'll have. I'll have more and more as they come on. Uh, number five, how does the AC res- C respond to this noise, which eventually will probably include Clemson, Miami, and North Carolina? I would, I would think that Florida State, I would hope that they're not dumb enough to think that they're going to have to go this alone uh, or keep on this alone because otherwise it's not going to work, work out for them. But how do they respond? How do you – because, first of all, you really need FSU to stop – talking crap about you because it's it's not going to do you any favors when one of your marquee programs All is right. talking about how terrible you are. Let me ask you this. How did they respond? I bet there was a phone call today. Yeah. I'm sure there was. Well, I mean, the thing is that this has been going on for months. I know, but so. I, bet, I bet either last night, and I would be surprised if it wasn't from Jim Phillips or somebody else, if there's like a foreman – to me, it may not have been directly like from Jim Phillips, but somebody called somebody and said, what the hell are you doing here? We know you're unhappy. We know others are unhappy. Why do you, you know, but what are you doing? Well, I mean, it's got to be something because eventually this, it appears that Florida State's plan is lawyers. And that's what they're going to have to do if they want to break uh, a contract. And, you know, understandably, 
just on the surface, the people who made that decision at all these schools, the presidents and athletic directors, for most part, by and large, are all gone on that 2036 grant of rights. They're all gone. So you've got a bunch of presidents and ADs right now who are looking at this saying, look, things have changed not only in college athletics, but in our, you know, I would not have made this decision if I were in the same job I was then. So now it's just, I get that sentiment, but the problem is, is that you still signed, it's still signed. You're still in it. And I get that you probably can't afford to wait till 2036 and you need to push the envelope. I'm just not sure that this is the style to do it. All right, this is from a text, a guy that's very much, I've told you about him before, in, 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 ingrained into like Clemson, but also the ACC, including Jim Phillips. Here's the thing he said today. You want this? Yeah. Everybody's going to be out. Uh, everyone's going to be out to put a hit on them. Mac Dabo will put as much as they can. They signed a good class and got cocky suddenly, talking about Florida yeah. State. Their president guaranteed guaranteed got a call today from the league. Dumb. Not even the teams in the Pac-12 with all the chaos openly talk like that about their own league. No. No, this is an interesting – this is a very interesting tactic. And I'm not – It's a great tactic. I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying I agree with no, it, but, but like, part of it I do. I, I understand that you have to find some way to, to, to shake up the, the, the discussion about it. I'm just not so sure that that's the way to do it. I, I really don't. And um, we'll see how that works out. Number four. Would Stanford be independent? Would that be something that they would want? Because they could totally financially withstand the loss. They could make their own TV deal, and you know it would be it would it would be less than twenty million dollars, obviously, but they could make it to where it was palatable for them mm-hmm. athletically. They could do that for a little while and they could go the BYU route until something came about because, and the reason I say this is I'm not entirely sure that the big 10 totally would want them because that would mean going to 20 before you even played one season with 16 or 18. And I I don't know if they, they really feel that that's going to going to work. And the other problem with that is they already have a, like the big 10 already has a schedule out for 2024. So they'd have to change that even more so. They do, don't they? Yeah. They already have they the have schedule. Yeah. They'd have to change it again uh, if they had Oregon and Washington. So those are things that there are going to have to be worked out. And so let's just go to the next one. So if Stanford would be, let's say, yes, Stanford says, Big Ten's not calling us. We're going to be independent. If that's the case, then what about Cal? Because Cal, while a big, gigantic university that I'm sure has lots of money, does not have Stanford money because no one has Stanford money. (laughs) I mean, like, that is, um, you know, that's like saying, look, the Knicks were great, but they didn't have Michael Jordan because only the Bulls did. Yeah. Like, that's just how it was. And uh, so I don't know. Cal, to me, becomes the most interesting school in all of this because they have – even less, like, Oregon State and Washington State, you kind of know what's going to happen to them. And I feel the worst for them because they're the ones who really worked hardest to keep this thing together. And I get the feeling that Cal and Stanford did not do their fair share of the heavy lifting when it came to keeping the league together because they just have different organizational goals. But Cal, to me, is very interesting in who do you want to be in the 21st century? Yep. I They are they're very interesting. And the other thing is, 
Um, if years ago, Cal and Sanford, and particularly Cal, did not want to play in a league that played in Texas because they were worried about the politics here. Well, the politics in Florida, where they would play a lot of their games, are a lot even further to the right than they were even back then. And if you're not going to be in a Greg Abbott state playing games, you're definitely not going to be in a Ron DeSantis one either. And I'm not trying to make a comment on either of those guys. I'm just telling you that if you had a problem with one, you're definitely going to have a problem with the other. I mean, if you're Cal, that's just how it is. You're not going to be like, well, this one is you know you do more. think of Cal and Stanford tied in together right I, but I don't but I really don't think that Stanford is would sit there and and stump for no, Cal you're tied in together until it doesn't help you yeah. when it's not panic time but you have to like they're in the same thing they're big they're the, they're, they're each other's biggest rival yada 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 but the facts of who they are 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 a little bit different you know so that's the other thing and I said this several times talking about the Pac-12 you had of the 10 remaining schools, you had maybe seven separate total agendas. Yep. And Cal, Cal's got a huge endowment, BW, we saw that. But yeah. here's the thing about Florida State. Somebody just mentioned this. If you're so good, and again, what if the ACC said, go ahead, you go do this on your own? Could they? No. 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 They no. couldn't. No. no. They like. They were independent for a long time until the financials. I know they were. I I used to enjoy when there were some, like Miami and Florida State and a few others. I wish there there was a time Arizona State was a long, long time. Yeah, I I kind of still wish that was easier to do, but it's just not the financial realities of it right now. And, yeah, I don't don't think that uh, that. So, um, all right, number two. What does this mean for the next Big 12 TV deal? That's what I started thinking about today. So now you're rolling in with 16. You have, say, five really solid, five, six really solid years with the, the four pack schools that you could get uh, in the league. You know, can you get in that stratosphere a little bit? Especially with a 12 team playoff. If somebody. Well, here's what's going to have to happen because we do know that 1 and 11 Colorado was not brought in because of 1 and 11. It was brought in because of Denver. It was brought in as well because. Well, is the timing, but it was also brought in because Dion's given them a little oomph. And now what I think the Big 12 needs to do, and I know it's not about all wins and losses, but what they need to do is go win big games. Tech needs to beat Oregon. Baylor needs to upset Utah, and it would be an upset. Texas needs to go into Tuscaloosa. And even though I'll have heartburn for a week because of their – but they need to beat Alabama. They need to win those kind of games – and not just be in certain markets or whoever. They need to win some of those games, and not just once every five or six times, but over the next two or three years establish who's going to be the next team that like is a, con- a constant top ten. Yeah. Not an image or logo, but a constant top ten. Yeah. They, yeah, they definitely do. But if they have a really good – if this is a really good 16 and – the next TV deal for basketball is going to be probably separate than football, which that one will probably be a huge, gigantic basketball deal by basketball standards, uh, given the fact that it looks like Arizona is going to be in this league with Kansas and Baylor and Houston and uh, Kansas State. Um, whole, I mean, holy cow. I, I just I cannot imagine what the conference tournament is going to be like uh, alone. And number one, what is the overall end game? What's the plan, guys? How does this end? Because I don't think 
that that has been fully discussed. And I've said this on top fives before, and I've asked this question before, and I will continue to ask it when it comes to realignment. It would be nice that when the dust settles, the powers that be get together and say, okay, how do we manage this that's beneficial for all of us? The good of the many outweighs the good of the one. That's something that we've we've kind of lived by as human beings for a while, and it it really works. I know that especially now in our like very selfish world we live in, we forget that. But the good of the many outweighs the good of the one. And isn't that been the SEC's mission statement in some ways? Yeah, but also they that's I, within I know that their little sound, bubble. But no, yeah. but they protect even the small chicklings. Yeah, but within this SEC bubble, the SEC also needs to start operating like the good of the many of college football is better than the good of the one. Which I means- don't think they, they – Sankey says that. Maybe he truly means it. But it's interesting after what they were able to do by getting brand-new cars in the garage – and then all of a sudden, I hope that things in realignment calm down. Yeah. Really? See, that's why that's why people need to realize this, and I just don't know if it'll ever happen because greed is what is driving a lot of this, and the overall look to the end of what this is going to be is don't make so many changes in this sport that so many people love that it's not what you what they love. What it was. Then yeah, you, you get away from different. the sport that people love. Yeah. Yeah. So don't do that. And I just don't know what the end game is. And it would be nice for everybody to get together. Paul Catalina doesn't want to directly quote Spock from Brett Bingham. Uh, I don't know if that's Spock or Adam Smith, the economist, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, the good of the many outweigh the, the good of the one. Spock's the guy with the pointed ears, right? Yeah. Well, okay. saying, look, and Spock at the end of Wrath of Khan, which you talked about yesterday, which I was shocked that you even knew what that was. Oh, that wasn't from my brain. That okay. was from somebody that sent me a text. But at the end of the Wrath of Khan. I think it was from David Carter he, in Houston. He sacrifices himself to, to, save, to save everyone else. So, yeah, the good All of the right. many outside. Way the good of the one. Okay. Uh, Emery Winter, you failed today uh, with the, uh, the YouTube. Garrett Ross, you never even tried. So many of you, even some of you who I've disagreed with or you surely don't. I am now more in love with our chat room people because they came to my aid. They came to my aid to help me with this screen. And Paul, of all people, fruitcakes and everything else, you said you would never help me again technologically. Because we had younger people well, in the it, audience. It benefited me because I was tired of you complaining I was, about it. I was, I was <laughs> shot. I was shot. All right, tomorrow, whatever happens in Arizona tonight, we will be all over it tomorrow. All sorts of guests. Dennis Dodd, one of them. Dr. Livingstone, one of them. Among many others. Thank you, our sponsors. Tonight, 1030, 365 Sports. Tonight on the CW. Hell of a day today. Thank you. Good night business right here in Central Texas. We're open to support you while lowering the cost of health care bills. When you need an MRI, ask your doctor for an Ideal MRI. Visit us at IdealMRI.com or call us at 833-IDEAL-MRI.